and welcome to Elite Cadre, the War Machine Hordes podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. Does this, mean, like... does this mean we're going to interrupt in on episode 100 or not? Can we just decide now? Definitely. We, we need to get Alex to come from nowhere <laughs> to interrupt. Okay. <laughs> or at the very least, record him on mobile phone so you can do it that way. Okay, I see what, where this crackly, is going. Yeah. Or up. <laughs> from the submersible hey, in his uh, pond. Uh, so, so better than normal, then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or, or we just have random static interrupting you and say it's Alex. <laughs> That's also fair. Um, yes, anyway. I'm Mike. Uh, I'm Kurt. I'm a cold victim. Who isn't? A, are you dying, Ben? I. You know what? There was a touch and go moment last, last week. But now I just can't say words properly. And apparently uh-huh. that's never been. R.I.P. Bench, I will drink in your honour. I'm just turning into a merlock inside. Uh, I, I, t- tonight I have a lovely Thatcher's cider. Excellent. I've got a gin and tonic. I'm going to go get my day nurse. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound like I need a carer. It does. I mean, it I, mean d- I wasn't going to say anything, Benj, but, you know, now you've gone there. Fine. Um, Wait, did we, did a we new talk carer? About, we didn't even talk about the Welsh, so we can... can we no, cram- we, we, we can quickly delayed. talk. <laughs> yes, originally this episode was uh, recording uh, several weeks earlier. And we ha- just all went meh. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> not weeks. true. No, However, not. We, we, we are all very busy people and we get around to recording whenever we get around to it. Um, monthly. Monthly, damn you, monthly. Maybe. Basically, yes. So, we haven't talked about the Welsh. I'll do a quick uh, thing about the Welsh for me. Um, I love the welsh i've been going there for years um first of all as a player and uh, for a very very long time now as a judge um having been there since the well the, the previous venue which yes uh, i doubt many of the players actually remember anymore um some of us do mm. yes turns out i've been going there for nine years Ouch. um oh yeah i remember what, i remember what it was just about like was it 64 players yeah with different stuff on different days yep yeah and now it's basically europe's largest single player war machine tournament it um, isn't 180 players a single player event the biggest it quite possibly is i'm not sure i'm not sure um, but it sounds I, like it should be i wouldn't like to kind of no. stamp that but it definitely is it definitely is um so this takes place at Firestorm Games in Cardiff, which is a lovely venue. If you've listened to us before, you'll have noticed me saying Firestorm's a lovely venue several times down the years. It's a lovely city as well, to um, be honest. Apart from, apart from at the weekends when it's full of stag days. It's entertaining. But very cheap to get hotels in. <laughs> Just very cheap. Let's go with that. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, and fun. So, so I ended up uh, refing this immense two-day tournament, and as with you a... sat there playing your card games on your tablet, only between rounds, generally. Scathing, um, scathing. Well, I, I was going to say the fact is that at this point, a lot of War Machine has almost become self-regulating, because yeah. not only do you have a rule set that's well, really clear and concise, but you also have the thing where a lot of the real abuses that could be made of it have been removed and people are just kind of getting on with it. Um, I did have the usual sort of, you know, selection of stupid rules questions. Um, thankfully this year, I didn't have the question is spell damage magical, which I will treasure forever. It's a good uh, one. Or the ever wonderful, um, what is it? Is a, th- uh, sorry, is a slam, a throw or a push? Nice. <laughs> 
And I, I that was one I, I did have to sit there and pause it for a few seconds and just go, I'm not sure what you're asking anymore. You um, did add to your list, though. I mean, I, I good, you list. have got a good list. You've got a good list of stupid questions. I, I, I'll tell you what, I'll do that for episode 100. We can yeah, the whole thing. stupid questions. Because we've got episode 100 coming up after this. Um, we should get Conrad to read the stupid questions. That's still how it goes together. Conrad, Conrad. Oh, yes, he turns up for one War Machine tournament a year. Um, to, yeah. Yes. Um, but overall, I thought uh, it's still a good event. Uh, I still think Firestorm has one of the best atmospheres amongst them. And I think a lot of credit is due uh, to Martin Jenkins for running that event for 10 years, regardless of what state he was in with War Machine at the time. And um, I, I think he deserves an awful lot of praise for what he did and how many people left those events really happy over the years. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And other events alongside it. But yes, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, in future, uh, the uh, the Welsh Masters, well, previously the Welsh Open, now the Welsh Masters, um, will be going over to uh, Byron, who anyone who's been to Firestorm, or actually been to quite a lot of tournaments around the country, uh, they will know Byron. Um, he's a great guy, and to be honest, um, I, I'm not sure the uh, Welsh Masters could be in better hands going forwards. I'm trying to say anything about Cthulhu. What, because he sold you Cthulhu? Well, he sold you on Cthulhu Wars. It's over there, I can see it. It's over there. It's over <laughs> with, there. With all three billion figures. So, well, I haven't, no, I don't have all three billion. I just have the initial half billion starter set, and I have one extra box and a map set. Oh. And some extra cards. Don't but that's, that's barely starting, to be honest. The, the, there are kickstarters like that that i look at every so often and go yeah but the models are really pretty and then oh my little, god it's so good the voice in my head just goes you don't want it you know oh, you'll no, never you. paint them well don't have to you don't really have to paint Cthulhu. it's just just Cthulhu oh, wars for anybody who cares it's amazing yeah this wasn't Cthulhu wars i was looking at it was it was something else I, for, I forget the name of but it was like for 400 quid you can have everything in a box the size of leads 400 quid would not get you everything for Cthulhu wars yeah Anyway, I feel this is slightly off topic. Kurt, you actually played. I did. Contrary to popular belief, I turned up with an army and I played. I played Crucible Guard for seven games in two days. <laughs> so, so tell us how soul-crushing this was. Um, I I really enjoyed it. All round. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, um, I'm quite satisfied end of day one where I was exhausted, but I'd gone 2-2 two -two by the end of day one, so I was quite happy about that. Um, yeah. It was um really good, really good opponents, really good games. Um, I, I know that he's still talking about it, so a good crushing defeat of Haley one, which was really satisfying. I think <laughs> it's Haley one. I'm gonna get argued with that about that, aren't I? Um, Haley anyway, um, which didn't just seem to happen um, the way the way everything went, everything went as right as it could. But aside from that, it was generally disastrous and fun. Yeah, good. I don't know, yeah. we don't want to go into detail about lots of different games, but some really cool people had some really good fun, had some really good games. It was outstanding. There we go. Uh, Benj, any impressions from your end? I enjoyed uh, watching what I watched, so it was because um, I mean, you, you were that one staff member who goes, "Oh, I I can't turn up on the Sunday. It's too early for me." That was not what happened. <laughs> oh, that is not what happened. Hush now. If there was a girl involved, moving on. What? <laughs> no, that was not what happened in the slightest. 
to be fair, I'm not going to blame Benj for that one. But, you know, it's, uh, I, I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion, Benj. Uh, excellent. Good quote. Like it. Yeah. Good quote. Uh, I, will add, I will add that the gentleman that I uh, shared a room with was actually, who, who, that was his first, um, that was his first War Machine tournament event um, outside of little local games. Um, and he was one of the first people that I played War Machine um, against in Mark 1 back in playing in um, the small shop in Yeovil. And he came dead last. Oh. So he's been playing the game as long as I have, which is 12, 13 years. His first, like, any kind of event. And, yeah, he got wooden spoon, signal spoon, the whole shebang. I, I do feel that, and this is going incredibly off topic, um, not that we often have one, um, I do feel that the longer you've, almost the longer you've been playing uh, a game like War Machine, almost the worse you are guaranteed to be at it. Because, comment, because someone who's been playing a couple of years has come in, they've got the enthusiasm, they've learned everything that's out there, they're keeping on top of the meta, and then something happens and they go, actually, I won't play this anymore. But the people who've been there for like 10, 11 years, they're the people who go, well... Uh, this army was good two editions ago. It's probably still fine now. <laughs> you know, they still think of terms of, oh, what will I see at tournaments? Well, there's uh, Haley one and uh, Denny one. Sorry, hang on. P Haley, P Denny. P Daly, yeah. <laughs> oh, I might see some Eve lad if someone's feeling adventurous. Eve lad, nice. Yeah. Uh, 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 like the people who've lost all touch with the meta which is basically us in some cases but still quite just enjoy turning up rolling some dice and going good game and then eventually about round four finally finding the other people who are the same level and and, and having that good game of going right let's roll some dice and stuff will go away and it'll be ace yeah um so that's just my theory and i think it's somewhat borne out by stuff i i think that stands up rather well yes it is uh a proof positive, indeed. Um, I mean, how else do you explain Conrad? Exactly. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'd like to think I've got my finger a bit closer to the pulse than that, but certainly not on it. Um, to be fair, you are in the NHS, so. indeed, quite not right now. Um, <laughs> Although, yeah. by the sounds of it, you should be in the NHS right now. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, but yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, it was entertaining. Um, I think he was just hoping to get one win. Just one win. Just what? No, uh, one more. How did you know? Oh, uh, this is going looking good. Oh dear. <laughs> well, the thing is, someone has to come last at those tournaments at, at every single one. I know that I've won the spoon at several tournaments myself. Um, the, the 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 classic being the first Welsh Open I went to. I actually won the Cador spoon, um, which wow. I still I still treasure to this day. So I, I have. Um... I have a set of rather shiny things for best in faction when I played Minions several years ago at the Welsh, but I also have a rather nice Menoth wooden spoon somewhere. <laughs> oh, God, you were a Menoth player. Okay, I, yes, I, was, I vaguely remember that. It's in the loft, but I, I have been. Um, Chris Regard definitely seems to have trumped Menoth and Signal. Hmm. Uh, okay, yes. well, there's uh, a little bit four people on the... Uh, Welsh Masters. Um, Who's ages ago now? Who's ages ago? Uh, it really was. Time moves fast. Um, looking forward to it next year. Um, I know that Byron's um, already kind of underway with doing stuff for it. I can't, can't remember if he's announced the dates, but I'm sure they'll they'll get around. Um, 
and we'll uh, we'll make sure to cover them when they do. We might even get him on to talk about it. Or we'll try to. Calm down. Um, he's listening, probably, if he's working. He'll be oh, he, he is. Um, I see him in the uh, YouTube chat. He's so just he'll said, be liking that comment, then. Yeah, he said, evening, and I'm sorry, Kurt. Um, <laughs> for what? Oh, I, for the... Don't be sorry. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, the other thing that's happened uh, recently uh, is... Well, we had lock and load. What's that? Well, lock and load is Property Press's annual convention. If you're listening um, to this, you don't know what lock and load is. There's a problem, really, isn't there? Well, you know, there might be someone who's new to the game who has mistakenly Googled War Machine podcasts, found a post from seven years ago, and looked at these young, bright and shiny upstarts that were elite cadre, and, you know, finally found us and gone, I'll give them a listen. Do you mean they didn't? It didn't go for Tony Attack, it went for us, is that what you mean? <laughs> yes, the fools. Um, uh, to be fair, we offer a different brand of war machine, let's face it. We do, we do. Well, I have been listening to Tony Attack recently, but yes. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of space for a lot of different opinions. We're, we're much more on the crippled system side of things. Um, but anyway, so this is Private Press's annual celebration of their games. You can't really say war machine anymore because... Um, it, they're very much system spanning at the moment. Warcaster. We, oh, we'll get there. We'll get oh, there. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. So up first was uh, Monpok, which I am Yay. I am not involved in, but Kurt still loves. Gorillas. Uh, I haven't got any new stuff yet, but the um, the new the apes are now back, and uh, the apes were what I loved in the original version of the game, and uh, and the green. Oh, what's it called? The green meme machine, whatever it's called. But there was a small bit of part of of, of the uh, dinosaur oh, faction that yeah. had this green van and a few humans that supported them. That's now spun off into a new faction. There's some giant 60-foot woman. Yes, um, I did see that. That well. was a quite entertaining model. So the the one that they showed there was the... Um, Gen Con. Was the alt, yeah, it was the alt sculpt from Gen Con, uh, which is basically the attack of the 60-foot woman. Although it's going to be more than 60-foot to fit in with the scale that of Monpok. Um, so, I mean... If you like uh, games like Rampage or films like Rampage, <laughs> Godzilla, <laughs> or Godzilla, I Godzilla. still need to see the sequel. Um, Did you watch Godzilla recently? The, the new one. I haven't watched the new one. It's good. I, mean, the sequel. I, I need to find time. But anyway, King of Monsters. Yes, I have. If you like those, if you like King Kong, um, Monpok is a game that's just based around that and just ridiculous it has uh fully armed gorillas fighting aliens and dinosaurs. dinosaur it's yeah it's it's i i haven't gone for it because i kind of said i'm not having any more miniature systems in my life right now but if that's your thing it looks perfect for it uh, it's gonna happen it, it's just i've avoided it but it's gonna happen Fair enough. So, so I'm sure I will talk about it at length when I've got it, the new one. But um, I think the, the the Empire of the Apes coming back is a big sell for me. So the next thing on Privateer Press's uh, roll o stuff, because they had a good, what was it, uh, 20, 30 minutes uh, presentation um, for their keynote, uh, was Riot Quest. Um, which, in honesty, having watched how far it's come since last year. Now, let's delve back into the mist of time. To last year's lock and load um i will say the, the internet was uh quite skeptical of the quality of riot quest given 
the video that Privateer Press put out about it. I think that's yes. fair to say. I think it was very fair to say. Yes, the internet was, uh, yes. But some of the stuff we've seen in the intervening year has been very interesting. So what we're looking at is very much a small format game, five to six models a player, which is purely based around smack things in the face, pick up treasure, and win by having treasure. Sounds like it. Seems simple enough. Uh, We've heard from uh, some of the people who play-tested it that it is a real fun game. Um, so it looks like it might be a bit of a you know a going concern. The really interesting thing on top of this is that all the miniatures in it that we know of so far are going to become um, well active models in War Machine. Yep. So the, the the most recent one that was announced was the fact that we are going to have Helga two, who will be on a bike. Yes. Which uh, I said I read. I mean, that's kind of cool, but weird. But okay, I can deal with this. Um, we're getting uh, Boom Howler 2, who's got a minigun, and there's a new version of Eris. Um, the the Iron Maiden is making a comeback with spikes of rare. In fact, if you... Uh, uh, I already have her. Yeah, if, if you've ordered the book, you have uh, her. And I've looked at the rules for that model and gone, oh, that's, that could be quite tasty with McBain. Um, so... Yeah, right. Quest. I they they even did a new video for it. It's in a um, a much improved style. I I will say Hungerford did say I'm doubling down on that video. No, what you've done is you've made last year's video work um, because it didn't have flash animation that looked like it was animated by a ten year old. Yeah, it did like a bad 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 web animation animation didn't it? Yeah. So that was right. Quest. Benj, any thoughts on that? Is the bike canon? As far as we're aware. It's alternate, it's alternate reality universe anyway, so... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's alternate al- canon. Alternate future. It's... Oh. The, 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 so, uh, the Riot Quest uh, present is what happens if... It all goes horribly wrong. Yeah, if the present of Infernals goes extremely wrong. So, that's, that, that's where that stands. So Okay, I mean... <sighs> I mean, part of my reservation is when the fluff goes off in different sort of tangents, I guess, um, which is kind of my reservation a bit about um, Warcasters as well. well but that's well, well, let's let's hold off on that one. Yeah, that's another. That's another one. We're but, doing it in the order it is in. Uh, it was in the presentation. No, that's fine. Okay. Um, we took like mini crate as well. We're at it because that's awesome. I am liking. Uh, okay, stuff. for 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 people who. Um, well, are, are you talking about the new mini crate line? I'm talking about the preview for the next six months of mini crate. Not the new oh, mini okay. Crate. We can okay. come back to Conan in a sec if you like. What's no, the not new really. mini crate? Sorry. What's... So the new mini crate is what? Uh, mini crate? Mini crate is what is it, the new Savage mini crate is very small and yes. fits in a box and uh, is Savage Worlds, uh, which is uh, Conan basically, and some other associated universes. Um, I care the... not for that. Demon witchy hunter guy whose name escapes me, but I've yeah, I'm seen. I'm not particularly bothered. Um, no. It's not my thing. But for the people who do like that sort of thing, I'm sure it's absolutely wonderful. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but so. for the um, mini crate preview for War Machine for the next six months, um, I, I I've always kind of thought there were odd bits of mini crate where I've gone. Yeah, maybe, and it gets in. It gets to like two days before, and I go nah, and then. 
you know, for the deadline of ordering. And then I happened to have picked up a few from actually from Alex, who well, had to clear out. But uh, yes. now, I'm kind of, now I'm looking at the next six months, and there's quite a few in the next six months that I. Re- I mean, the transfer dancer stands out for me because obviously, yeah. So, so, so for reference, the 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 transfer for the Crucible Guard. Uh, there's basically a rave girl edition of that. Um, complete with giant pigtails. Um, yeah, okay. It's it's kind of a thing. It's Big it's fine. Box, small box, cardboard box. I was Big glad I I was glad I hung around with my subscription for the Kador one. Uh, um, uh, oh, the, uh, the 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 one with the dog, the lady, uh, the the lady Greylord. Yes. Yeah. Um, so for for reference, uh, the mini crates ones that they previewed uh, for trolls, you have the brew bearer. Still not sure what that is. I'm, I'm wondering if that's the if it's the room bearer warcaster attachment. I'm not sure. Uh, I would I would say that's probably the rune bearer. Uh, the only other one with that hairstyle is either Gristle or Janissa, I think. But yeah, either yeah. Um, but to us, given it's a brew bearer, uh, um, yeah, it does sound like it's a. It does. Yeah, that looks good. I like it. I like it. Yep, yeah, like that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so then you have Medusonia. Which I'm yeah. guessing is Abby Absolutely. 2. Yeah, I think so. Um, with snakes for hair. It's uh, snakes um, for hair, snake body, snakes. Yeah. It, it just it kind of works. Yep, that's that's kind of as you'd expect. Um, looks good. Looks about what they're doing. Um, non-metallic Newman, which I'm guessing is Aurora. Oh, I see I assumed oh. Yeah, I thought it was Aurora. Okay. What did you think it was? Uh, I was confused by that one because I wondered if that was an alternate for one of the Archons. So um, Aurora is Aurora Newman of Aerogenesis. Oh, right. That's lack of information on my part. Yep, that makes more sense. So it, it basically takes away her headpiece. So it's a human um, version of the mechanical Aurora. Okay. Well, she's not. I mean, she's Cock she's versions. not mechanical. I mean, she's. It, I mean, basically, it's her with less clothes on. For, you know, if you're going to be uh, indelicate about it. Oh, actually, and uh, she's got feathered wings rather than mechanical wings. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. It's it's more organic. Um, Which isn't isn't that counter to the, everything that they stand for? No, uh, not particularly. So um, for Aurora, her mother after having been turned into uh, one of the, the convergence proper... A cuckoo clock. Uh, basically. Has uh, held back Aurora from being turned into one of like the full-on convergence. A cuckoo clock. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, the, I, yeah... The, the repeat was more funny for me, I'm not sure, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a reasoning as to why she's still... like. A warcaster, but mostly human. Right. Uh, they, they do have one of the crucible ones as well. Who's mostly human? Uh, yes, a block. Yes, yes. Um, and also, what do you mean mostly know. human? She's entirely human, just with like well, an she, exoskeleton. She, yeah, she's got an exoskeleton. Just so with a whole load of Ripley going on. Yes, I, I, I'm guessing there's like a Nemo four going there right as well. But we'll we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, we've got the shield bearer for men off. Uh, guessing one of the paladins. Yeah, oh, that's the Lord of the Wall solo. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's it. Yes, I, I mean it's the best for me. It's been it's the most impressive six months. There's been odd models. I was glad to pick up um, Gorman Dwarf in sheep's clothing um, after the fact. I was glad to do that. But um, yeah, 
it was it looks like the best six months that i've seen so i'm quite i'm actually more excited about i might even do a six month subscription depending on what the new six month model is yeah which will be first of august wouldn't it well i I, i've got everything so far uh i didn't know that all right yeah no i've had a subscription all in yeah because i i like a lot of the models they've been coming out with um and also um, you're quite the hobbyist and you you like to paint a lot don't you shut up (laughs) this year this year i have been painting i in fact have models to my left to paint this weekend i know i see you online crying about it yeah i I can't stand painting five warjacks at once. It's just depressing. That is hard work. I get it. Yeah. You have that. It is. I've um, painted a lot of Christmas Guard in a very short period of time. Yeah. A lot of my warjacks are not as well painted as I'd like them because you just get to a point of going, oh, that's enough. Um, right. Anyway, so we've had the mini crate. Now came Oblivion. Uh, can I just have my bit? Okay, go on. Because I really like the order of illumination. Like I'm totally all in for whatever that is. If it's a bolt on to something, fantastic. Head there, again, because it's, it's yeah. Oblivion. It's well, part of oblivion. It is part of oblivion. It's seven minutes in, but um, I just really love the um, the landmate like uh, mano wars, basically, just with the rifle. They look and awesome, and they work for like everyone. Well, no, me anyway. Yeah, mm. just Hang with on. me. So, do, do you mean the new um, uh, witch hunters in heavy armor? Yeah, mm. yeah. So they, I, don't, they, I don't know what they're called yet. But that's what they, they look are. like landmates. So they do. They do a bit. Uh, Pat Labor. Mm. Let's watch that here. Yeah. I don't like the Pat Labor film, but we'll go. Uh, we'll go. No, no, that, that wasn't Pat. Both of them. That wasn't Pat Labor. That was Appleseed. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, yeah, which had Basement Jacks in it. Weirdly, um, not not the very terrible original. One. No, I'm talking about the CG one by Shinji Aramaki. Yeah, I was talking about all of them, but I like to mention that I like all of them. One. I like all of them as well. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. anyway, let's move back to uh, Lock and Load. So the next one up was Oblivion. Uh, now this was um, the first time we've seen some of the uh, the key art that was coming out of here, um, and the first time we got some more interesting information. So the first thing, um, this was the kind of intake of breath from everyone. Um, theme forces are changing Woo-hoo! and changing radically. Um, so at the moment, it will say things like, um, you know, for every 20 points of this, you get uh, one of these things for free. Now, or for every 30 points of this. Ugh. Yes. Fundamentally, um, the system of if you are in theme, you get free stuff is not going away. That is still the basis for a lot of lists, and it's how they're tempering out of theme interactions, which I think is a valid concern. But what they're changing is how you get those free models, and they're changing how the theme forces themselves are composed. So they've generally said, if you can play it in theme now, you will most likely, like 90% plus, be able to play that same thing after the changes some theme forces are being combined because they don't stand very well on their own i believe there's a couple of legions that are mentioned as uh combining oh in fact uh, there's a list here uh so for cricks infernal machines and black industries right are being uh, combined they never was the same You're right yeah um and for scorn winds of death and imperial war war host are hard maybe being combined um uh, as well as two of the circle ones that are being combined as well but 
in everyone now, rather than saying for every 60 points of jacks or whatever, um, you will receive requisition points. Now, at 25 points, you'll get one requisition point. At 50, you'll get two. At 75, you'll get three. But that's and the what... whole army. That's not of a specific model type. That's the army size, those, those numbers. Yes. Not, yeah, yeah. not 25 points of anything. It's That's the yeah. army size. Yeah. If you are playing a 75-point game, you will have three requisition points to spend. Or whatever is free for that theme. Yeah. So anything in the free selection is one requisition point there is a hard cap on what you can have but you will always get uh, you know as many as you want up to the number for that points value you don't have to worry about saying oh but if i cut this warjack then i can add four more points of units and trigger the next benefit and get a solo and buy a cheaper warjack and i think they've realized that it was a, a, a little bit too much kind of uh, i think in, insanity I think, some, I think some of it came back to your previous conversation we've had before which is that some of the themes led heavily towards infantry machine and we're trying to drive back towards war jacks because it's war machine yeah, yeah there's a little bit of that i think there's a little bit of that um I think it's bad i think that's bad to be honest yeah. it's bad that was the first change the second one is the fact that we are effectively getting mark three remix so for those of you who weren't around for mark one Mark 1 was released. Mark 1 was horrifically broken. I mean broken like from here to Sunday, every rule. And then they released books that fixed things, but they weren't printed in the main rules. So if you wanted to check things, you had to have like four different hardbacks with you. Sounds um, like another company's games. Yeah, and, and the cavalry rules are over here, but do they have the squad coherency rules? These from- rules are only available in the quarter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so about halfway, halfway through Mark 1, they released Mark 1 Remix. And what Mark 1 Remix did was it took all these extra rules, combined them into one book and then said right which bits don't make sense let's cut those let's change them let's modify this it was the first time we had simplification as well to an extent it was the first attempt at simplification of combining multiple rules that were nearly the same into but i mean it was was the first step not the final one yeah so I, i came along with mark one remix so i don't necessarily remember the game before then but even then there were some stupid rules um things like things like shield wall how did people play shield wall in mark one that was ridiculous where you had to actually form an infantry square yes base to base uh and if the unit had basically let's say you've got a unit of 10 models and roughly halfway down a line was shot all the way through so only got two distinct squares yeah yeah Yeah. only one part could keep it yes with the officer with whoever the yeah which was insane. Let's let's just put that out there. But over over time, PP have kind of chopped and changed the rules and made it into something that's vaguely recognisable now. So they announced that some of the things um, would be being altered. So war beast packs, war beast packs are being axed entirely. Now that does mean that they're having to reclassify. All the models from Warbeast packs. Both models of Warbeast packs. Well, uh, no, 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 no. There's variations within the Warbeast pack itself. Come on. There's two types, though, aren't there? There's two. Yeah. I think. There are two Warbeast packs. Yes. Uh, Reptile Hands and Blight Wasps. We all thought and... we were going to get them. They thought mini troll ones. Or no. <laughs> and to be fair, has anyone seen those on the table? I've seen the bugs. Not... I've seen the bugs, yeah. Yeah, the Blight Wasps were for a yeah, bit. Yeah, I saw those for a while. Yeah. 
But anyway, they are gone. Can't they tell are, what Scormons look like. But yeah. they, they are now all lessers. Um, they will be changed Just like a little. Crabbits or whatever they are. Yeah. Yes, and, and much like with crabbits, it is X number of points for X number of uh, lessers. And probably and free ones as well. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Like crabbits. Um, now the next big one, and this has been, um, well, um, hills. Are you going to get heightest now? That's what you are. Aren't yeah, you? hills and elevation are going away. Just so that hunger for good a bet, as far as I can tell. Uh, yes, so he gets a free steak dinner. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this has been clarified apparently on a stream today. Um, so elevation bonus from terrain plus defense against range attacks is going away. Gunfighter is being reworked. Oh, what is it that? Um, so that this is on the stream today. Um, it's also talking about um, some theme forces being altered, which we've we've gone through. I didn't know about gunfighter. Uh, what that mean? Yeah, uh, to be honest, gunfighter has always been a, a little bit of an awkward one because there's well, a lot. Blank of... and you got very, there's a few yeah op- ways it works. Aren't there? You've got you've got um. There's three different ways you can shoot in melee, aren't there? Point blank, gunfighter, and the the combined arms. We could do both kind of things. Uh, so <laughs> so no, it's it's uh four. Was that four from? Uh, weapons platform. Yes, that's almost the same thing, but different, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so there's a whole load of things, and to be honest, they really should just be combined into one rule somewhere. Um, but I, I know the reason why there's a differentiation between point blank and gunfighter. Yes, one because melee and one is still range. Yeah. But the really annoying one is that gunfighter. Um, if you engage the person with gunfighter, it doesn't matter what their melee range is. Yeah. They they can still shoot you. If you've got point blank, you can only ever make melee attacks at point five inches with it. Oh, yeah. No, well, they can they can engage you during their activation at your melee range. Yeah, within with the gunfighter. Yeah, you can't make free strikes. And we've had this debate. Yeah, yes, we've done. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's all that. Uh, so shooting into melee is changing. Oh. Black Penny goes away then. Oh, here's what it says. Shooting into melee no longer randomizes targets if you miss. Well, if half the time sh- people forget that anyway. If you shoot an engaged model, it still gets the plus four defense bonus, right. but you don't have to worry about shooting your own models. Well, half the time we did that anyway. Now, uh, well, I can't tell you the amount of times I've been called over to tables to see, does does the plus four apply here? I'm engaged to a colossal. Do I get this? Do, uh, am I? Uh, uh, and you just sit there and go... I genuinely don't know. There's too many exceptions to this rule. Like, okay, so how do we randomize it? Well, it's it's not only you and the person you're engaged with, but it's the people who are engaged with them. And oh, I've gone cross-eyed. Uh, and the maiden arm. Yes. Mm. Anyway, um, another thing as well is that while this will be coming to uh, War Room, and um, it will be it will be available the first week of August. Yeah. So that is remarkably soon to, you know, change every theme force in the game without a CID. Yeah. I'm getting nervous about this. Um, everybody's all the same, though, isn't it? So, pardon? It's consistent, though, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yes, that is true. Um, I, I know there's different effects and different things, and the troll forum is going schizo nuts about how much they love it. So, <laughs> um, But yes, um, there will be a toggle available so that things like the wtc can actually choose which version of the rules they're going to go on yeah but um, only for like a month or so they're going to have that aren't they yes well there are there are questions for uh, blood and oil as to which one they're running with um for reference i hope they choose the new version because 
whenever yeah. you're pl- I, I, I would hope that any tournament always runs on the most recent version of the rules. Yes, I would think so. I'd hope so. Otherwise, it's oh. just confusing. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, we won't see these in any form in CID. Um, yeah, and, and that's that's about it. Um, yeah, the, the melee, what the melee, shooting in melee. That's interesting. Both sides of that is quite interesting. Wasn't well, I, they took their first step towards that by saying that uh, assault shots just just miss because they realised what a hellscape that one was. Um, for for anyone who's had, oh, there's another one. Assault is another one, isn't it? Assault's another one. That's oh God, five. yes, that's no. five. That's five ways you can shoot when in melee. <laughs> okay, yeah, that needs an overhaul, doesn't it? Really, because there's yeah. nothing else that's got five versions of it. Even Pathfinder's a bit more unified than that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know there are others. I know there are others. There's a, yeah, but yeah, we said. Wait, assault is gone. No, no, nobody said that, Benj. Wow, right. ben, Benj is really kind of drugged up and half listening, I think. So, no, uh, just thought assault game. had gone, but <laughs> he was concerned. It was like, what, what about all, all, my, all my excellent Menoth units with assault? No, no, wait, Averance even. So the Harbinger won't be able to assault anymore. Well, how about that? Averance even got assault anymore. Fuck, I don't know what they've got anymore. I can't remember. Uh, no, I've got two so. rules in my head. It would be nice to have a. A new rule book again, I guess. Uh, <laughs> one, one, one of the key things about this rule book that they keep touting, um, and, 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 and I don't think it's legit, but okay, um, is the fact that it's the first time that War Machine and Hordes has been together in the same rule book, apart from all the others. Um, I mean, yes, in previous ones, it's been appendixes own, uh, sorry, appendices only, um, and but this is it's being moved into the mainline rulebook and and to be honest if they just combined the games and just just called it war machine and hordes well especially uh, with infernals being a weird neither but War yeah, Machine, but kind just, of neither it's like stop trying to put it as two brands just just put it as one it's fine we all recognize it's one they are the only ones still kidding themselves i I don't know no, why. Sometimes I want to play a fantasy game when I play horse, and sometimes I want to play more of an industrial game when I play Wolf. Yeah, They're a, completely a, different. A, a nice fantasy game which has got warhogs in it. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Uh, and roadhogs as well, and hmm, there's even a distinct, more so roadhogs. Distinct uh, technological uh, bent to the uh, the pigs, but there oh, you go. Delusional, there, mate. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true, true. I just yeah. Um. So yeah, and then they said, "Oh, it's, uh, we're we're absolutely done now." Oh, but there's one more thing because this is the what was it? Was it the fifteenth or twentieth anniversary of Privateer? It's the twentieth. So here they announced their, their new big thing, um, which a new is, faction, the new faction, which is going to nope. be dragons and what? Nope, no factions this year. Um, yeah, it oh, was, but all the wild speculation online was it was awesome. Yep, it's uh, was it Neo Mechanica Warcaster, um, which is well War Machine 5K. So was it, it Buck Rogers mentioned? Uh, yes. Right. <laughs> so um, the story of this is, yes. is the Infernal Invasion is over, um, but the the gates that they used to reach Kane um, are still open. And humanity uses those to go out amongst the stars. 
Convergence um, were heavily hinted at, weren't they? Yes, Convergence Sirius is apparently a big thing in this. Um, and, 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 and as the saviors of oblivion, arguably, as well. Yes. So it's it's set 5,000 years in the future of uh, War Machine. It's going to be a, a Warjack-free game, apparently. So we heard. Um, which is still going to have focus on Furion uh, Warcasters, but feature smaller model count and smaller units. So most units will only be three to five models. Um, but we haven't seen any factions. We haven't seen any preview art. All we've seen, basically, is the logo and a spiel about how this is their skirmish game. I thought they were going to be a really fast bike from a faction that looked a bit oriental. I was like, that. Mm, uh, yes, quite. Um, moving on. Um, <laughs> Why are we not formally endorsed? I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, to be honest, I was a bit confused because I thought Company of Iron was their skirmish game, but there we go. I like Company of Iron. I still play <laughs> Company of Iron. Which is, which is fine. It just it seems to have uh, dropped off the radar a little. It has. Um, people have said the same thing, but I, I, I still enjoy playing it. I like it. But yes. Um, so that was the lock and load uh, keynote in its entirety. Um, what do we think? Uh, I enjoyed it. I was impressed. Um, I don't know what to think about Warcaster. I'm really not sure. Um, I like I, the commit. I think for Warcaster, personally, sorry to break in, um, I, I'm going to reserve judgment until mm. I see some more of it um because it all depends on if i can get games of it or yeah. if it interests me um you know it could be that i'm the crusty old warhammer fantasy player as everyone goes off to play 40k in the distance um or, or, or should we not be making that comparison um 40k 5k Ooh. anyway um yeah. uh i do like the look of um uh, oh, what's the silly hex-based thing that's the brain's gone? Um, oh, Riot Quest. I like the look of Riot Quest. That looks like it'd be fun. Um, it looks like, small and stupid and quick. And it looks quite small frankly, and stupid and quick. And, yeah. and stuff to paint and stuff that you can use the war machine. I like the idea of Gorman the Mad, who is already a character that's been previewed, um, who will obviously work for Crystal Guard. Um, uh, yeah, I like these weird alternate versions that can get thrown into existing games. I like the the randomness of it I like the way they try I mean Hunger Fist discussed it at length about you might have a strategy you might have everything else but actually there's so many random elements to the game that, that your strategy could easily just go out the window there's a lot of RNG involved in it he has said that almost anything he's fed to Matt Wilson so far about oh, yes, um, about Riot Quest Matt Wilson's gone yep yeah. that's fine like let's see how far I can push him apparently Helga 2 is the, the furthest he's pushed him so far as apparently, he still has not had a no. I think oh, what, what he said. He has not had a no. So everything he has said has been has been greenlit, and he's and he's tried to get a no. There was more Matt Wilson this year. Yeah, there was. That's because there's no <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, sorry, what? Other executive senior people are not there anymore. Mm. That's probably part of that. Well, uh, yeah, a, a lot of people have um, transitioned from PP. But it's nice to see Matt Wilson again, to be perfectly honest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's kind of the the brains behind the operation, so... The vision, yep. Absolutely. It's good. Um, yeah, I like it. I like the... Um, I also quite like the... Um, you probably wouldn't like... The, I quite like the comparison and the discussions and interviews from years and years ago about Wilson about drawing warmish more jacks and trolls at school you know being like 15 and these are things he's been sketching since his teenager and then seeing 
um, oh, his name's gone. Ghibli, Super Ghost Star Ghibli. Oh, Miyazaki. Sketching, Miyazaki sketching Totoro at school because that's how long ago he had the idea for the, for these characters, for some of these characters. So he's cool, kind of. Fix, uh, I, I like that kind of connection. Yeah, a, topic, but. A, a, lot, a lot of people who have, who, who have creative minds, stuff kind of sticks up there and whirls around for a few years and every kind yeah. of stuff and it just kind of pops out into reality and uh, something comes of it. So, Do you, like- do you think, though, that some people have, like, their magnum opus and everything else kind of afterwards just doesn't really hit the mark? Sometimes. I think that's for some people, yeah. Because it feels like for the last couple of years, um, I was actually really, really... If they'd have just, just shown Oblivion, I'd have been really happy, actually. Like... But to show, to show that potential new game, it just kind of felt like, a, and I know we've discussed this before. They're exploring new avenues, new, you know, trying to keep fresh, etc. But I just would really like them to get War Machine and Hordes into a into back of where it kind of was a few years ago, basically. You know, to, I think it's in a really good place though as a game. Yeah, mm. I mean, I mean, you're looking at something where the tournament scene is about as vibrant as it's ever been. There's, there are, we're back to having steamrollers most weekends up and down the country. You have the largest um, single player tournament ever that's just taking place in Wales. Hmm. Um, you've got the WTC, which is still going, still as big as ever. Um, you've got Lock and Load, which looks to be just as big as it ever was. Uh, I, I will say there is one notable exception, and that is we hmm. have lost um, our big British War Machine convention, which is kind of sad, but um, entirely predictable because no one wants <laughs> to take it on from John Webb. Um it's still not growth, though. It feels more like still maintaining. I mean, but it, okay, <coughs> is is the same not true of almost every other? Uh, I think the problem game is. At some I think point. the problem is that the the default comparison is an unfair one. Yeah, it the is. Country, the country we live in, it's far too easy to immediately look at at GW and 40k and what what's now Age of Sigma, and that. Growth is a funny thing because having now gone, you were at the Welsh <laughs> Open. Yes, there was a lot of familiar faces there, but there was a lot of unfamiliar faces there too. That oh, yeah. are people for the first time. So growth, I tell you, there's a lot of people who've come into this game in the last two years. Um, and a lot of people who rotated out, a lot of people who, who I still talk to who we were playing with a few years ago, or the events are playing Age of Sigma or playing 40k or playing something else. They're still in the hobby. They're still in the hobby as a lot at large. Almost all of them are in the hobby in some form or another. Um, they are uh, just playing other games. And then you're starting to also see that some of the places that are offering steamrollers are places that didn't offer them before. Um, so Kurt and I went to one in Swindon, uh, yep. which is, hasn't done tournaments before. Uh, they've got a new Firestorm game store there, which um, I, and I'm just going to say the venue upstairs needs work. Yeah, it does, but that's... It's, but that's, it's, a, it's, it's a new venue. They've got time to do it, but it needs some care and attention. It mm. does, but then it's very similar to other small and more independent. I mean, it's still independent technically, yeah. But um, that it reminded me a great deal of the little independent store I used to go play in. That is that is very true. I would encourage people as you know, as part of the scene, go there, play there. It's it's got a good bunch of people. Um, but I I, I I would encourage Rob to um, maybe spend a little on the toilet. Um, <laughs> just you know. <laughs> spend a penny um Indeed. that always has been firestorm wales is like not anymore yeah, yeah. Firestorm, <laughs> firestorm wales is fine 
Yeah, I know. It's always been there, sort of like attraction point. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, yes. The it clean did, yeah. toilets. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, I will say the store uh, in Swindon is is very nice. Um, it's the actual shop floor. Um, parking, a little bit of a problem, but yeah, there is any. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're willing to like walk from around the corner, it's fine. But uh, there, there we go. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that uh, that event as well. James's event was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at this point, uh, I think have we talked about everything that we want to do lock and load wise? Is there anything else at lock and load? Yeah, I think we have. I think that's all there was. Um, I've just started. Um, I've started watching some of the some of the games that they've because they've now. I know they're streamed live on Twitch and stuff. But I've started watching them on um on YouTube because I quite enjoy that as well. Yeah, I think we've gone through all the all the elements of uh, of their presentation, lock and load, new stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that said, uh, at this point we're going to take a little bit of a break, um, and uh, we'll transition over to an interview that I had with. Uh, John Garrett about the Iron Kingdom's RPG. Uh, right, we're here for a little bit of a talk on the IK RPG uh, with a uh, longtime friend of the show, John. Uh, hello. Hello there, John. Um, now, do you want to just give us a, a quick background about yourself and the, the War Machine, or indeed the general gaming world? Yeah, because, okay, because you and I go back, oh God, um, an awfully <laughs> long time. It's been 14 years or thereabouts. And, you know, I, I came into War Machine with the original Iron Kingdoms RPG, actually, the D20 one. Oh, okay. And then I sort of bounced sideways into the miniatures game because the bloke that got me into it said, hey, do you know, do you know there's a miniatures game of this? No. That's a really, that's a really interesting path to take because what I usually find is it's the opposite way around. So to find someone who's coming from the RPG is um, certainly a very interesting way I, to go. I think that's definitely the way round they engineer it now. Because I mean, yeah, we're, you know, we're going back to the early days of Privateer Press when nobody was entirely sure they were going to last another. More, you know, more than another two years, I think. Uh, I think that state may or may not be continuing today, but go on. <laughs> I wouldn't know, because for reasons that we're going to get into probably later, I've been a little bit out of touch lately. But no, so this was back in the days of War Machine Apocalypse. So to give you an idea, the Death Jack and the first Epic Casters had only just come out. Oh, okay. So that's that. That is way back in the old school. I mean, that's that's before I joined, which was kind of the 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 death. Well, not the death. The, the later stages of Mark One, where someone had a battle box tournament. I went, yeah, okay, I'll I'll buy a battle box and be horribly slaughtered for several games. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's more or less how I got in as well. Like, you know, the, 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 Dave told my mate Dave told me I had steampunk zombies, and I went, my God, yes, that's on brand. I mean, I didn't say that was on brand because I didn't have Twitter then, so I didn't have a brand to be on. But that's not the point. Well, I, I think j just to yeah, press home your um, the, the the direction you as a person going. Do, do you want to give people your Twitter handle? My my Twitter handle is proper gothic. There we go. And that's spelt with two Fs because we don't believe in spelling where I'm from. <laughs> and I also I've just read as well. I think I owe your listeners an apology. Especially Ooh, your okay. listeners, because we're going so far back into the days of the old, the oldest of the old school. I think I have to apologise for Nick. I'm uh, pretty sure I got him started. Oh dear, that's 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 bad. We we 
we, we don't want to go to those realms. I, Nick, long departed from the show, though he is, um, has actually suggested he may come back for episode 100, which is coming up fairly soon. The so, one uh, that is the one after this, isn't it, or something like that? Uh, yes, this is pre-record for episode 99. All right, so as ever, missing the boat here. Timely as ever, <laughs> if I am. Well, I thought this might be more time sensitive, and t- to be honest, the, the more time I have to edit something, the better. Frankly, that's fair enough. And again, yeah, for reasons for reasons that we will come into, yeah, as we chat on, there is a reason we wanted to have this conversation sooner rather than later. So anyway, yeah, meandering is a thing I do a lot. Um, yeah, I've mean, I played four, frankly. So I played War Machine for about seven or eight years and did quite badly and then i had a nervous breakdown and to fund my move to the country i sold more or less everything um but i kept enough stuff to play the what was then the new version of the iron kingdoms role-playing game which is the one that is still available from reasonably sized games emporia near you where wherever you can find it on a shelf that's near the bottom at the back of the shop with a bit of dust on it yeah yeah and forgiven for an extremely given value of favorite it is one of my favorite rpgs because what it's good at it does in a what it's good at it does very very well i think but what it's good at is extremely niche and i will state that up front Okay, so go, go on, give, give us the pitch for why it is one of your favourite RPGs for that niche. Okay, the specific niche is, if you've got friends who play War Machine and Hordes, and are sort of interested in RPGs, and would like to just step sideways as smoothly as possible, the IKRPG is great for that. Because it's built off the same, yeah, it's the same world. It's built off the same rules, chassis. It is basically single act, single active agent, War Machine and Hordes. Mm. You know, the, it's, it's yeah. the, if you and if you know your way around the rules of War Machine, War Machine and Hordes. If you know that you don't need to boost when you charge because that comes built in, then and you know what parry does, and you can more or less remember on the third go exactly how admonition works. Uh, admonition's yeah. still in the game. It's been a while. Yes, admonition's still there. <laughs> Hey, I love it. I love apps. I love out of sequence movement. So yeah, for people who are into their war machine and hordes and want to role play without the bother of learning a new system, it's chuffing great. Mm. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I I will say that I have um I haven't played extensive amounts of the IK RPG. I've played uh, I think a, a couple of campaigns, only one to completion. Um, if memory serves, um, and I will agree, it's it's got that good kind of. Um, if you want a good crunchy combat system um, that's dealing with you know a, a heavy tabletop presence, so you're able to make things that that look visually good for people, because y- you kind of for the system need to know where everything is and you know th- th- things like that. It's it's not mandatory, but it's um, it's advised. The, it's the only RPG. I enjoy playing where even I use a grid. I don't think I could, you know, I couldn't go pure theater of the mind with this and I wouldn't want to because what it does, as you say, is the tactical combat. And it does, you know, I've, I've run demos of it before. I've had my other half who's an artist draw up some lovely grid maps for them and they have gone down pretty dang well, I think, (laughs) but I wouldn't want to do it without them because this for the stuff that's not, tactical combat it's 
kind of lackluster. Yes. Now, I, I, I will say from my own experiences again, um, we've tried to do some um, some social interaction stuff in there. And it seems like a lot of that stuff is very much, yeah, we care about the combat. The, the rest of the stuff, the GM can basically decide, just hand wave it. Yeah, they've got yeah, they've got some they've got some social skills somewhere you can roll for them. There might be target numbers, but it's it is very much in it's very much in that tradition of what you need rules for is the bit you can't put on funny voices for. And I yeah. think it owes a lot of that to its heritage as a D20 RPG. Because with the best will in the world D&D has always been at heart a combat game. It's you know it, it, you know it evolved from it evolved from um, historical wargaming. It's bolted on other stuff over the years. Yeah. But what it's engineered to do at its heart is kill monsters, take their stuff. And the IK, and the original IK RPG was a sort of very sophisticated overbuilt world in which you could kill monsters and take their stuff, but you would run... But what their stuff would be coal, and everything would run on steam, and there were guns, and no mucking around with teleporting. Yeah. I mean, I, I have just picked up my uh, my copy of the book here, which is a... a, a, a it's actually a very nicely presented tome, um, if you've not seen it. It's um, a very nice hardback book of <sighs> most of the things you'd want. Yeah, most not of them, all of them. Yes, and it's got some things that I think it does exceptionally well. Um, the part, the bit, my favourite bit of this book, of this system, is actually the adventuring companies. Is the oh, okay. little, is that is that section sort of about two thirds of the way through where it says here are a bunch of reasons that all of your characters are working together. And it's not just you're all in a bar and this wizard, sorry, this warcaster walks in and hires you. It's you're all in the Signaran army. You're all Trollkin and you're from the same Creel. You're all outlaws and, you know, these particular character builds will fit in well with that concept. I wish it put that up front before the character generation. And it oh, so it, with... it is kind of... I've I, I, I presumably always missed that bit on the way through, but it, it's, it's very much that kind of boil in the bag, here's the start of your adventure, you work it out from here. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I do like that it hands over a premise for the characters to all know each other so that you can if it was only if it was up the front, you'd do that in your session zero, you'd get everyone together, you'd pick a, a sort of a guild for want of a better word, and then you'd build characters that fit in with that. And it avoids that sort of the consequence of doing it the other way round is that sometimes the poor GM, like what I am, has to fit together Let's think now. Um, a rogue but still nominally loyal Stormsmith with absolutely no sense of self-preservation or a real grasp on how not to pass out from too much lightning throwing. <laughs> a sticky-fingered human who acts like a gobber and is a gobber in all possible ways except actually being one. Okay. Interesting party so far. Yeah. Um, and a, a, so a punch-drunk retribution of Syrah double agent and a scorn. A scorn anything would be difficult enough, but if I say scorn annihilator, yeah, that's no. Yeah, that's no. What, yeah. So it has a system to avoid that. It's just that people don't always notice it because it doesn't lead with that. Wish it did. And it, mm. as you say, it does then hand you the here is the start of your campaign and a context for your adventures. Have fun. But yeah. what I think it's done 
badly, and this goes for both iterations of the IK RPG over the years, is it ain't been too hot at the actual adventures that it gives you. Um, the stuff in No Quarter, and I mean sort of the early No Quarters, back when I was buying it from a shop in Wolverhampton that I think has since been closed down for selling drugs and ammunition at the back. <laughs> oh, okay. Classy establishment, then. Wolverhampton, what are you going to do? Yeah, true. I did work there for five years. Exactly. You know you know what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got sidetracked there, thinking about Wolverhampton, which happens to me a lot. It's the flashbacks. I'm taking meds <laughs> for it, but what are you going to do? Oh, believe me, I have the very same thing when I think back to all the schools I had to work in there, and oh boy, it took me a long time to get over that job. I did private tuition in Wolverhampton, so... Yeah, I've I've seen it coming the other way. <laughs> Fair play to you. Fair play to you. Anyway, anyway let's my, get yeah, my, yeah, my CV was not the topic of conversation here. The topic of conversation yeah. here was no quarter and the early no quarters, which were really, really decent at yeah. providing adventures for the IK RPG. Yeah, that they you know they they put out every month. They put out here's an NPC we've built and so, you know here's an adversary we've built and some backstory. See if you can slot her in somewhere. Here's rules and here's you know a, a fluff article and some rules and a couple of adventure hooks for a warjack that we've just released for the miniatures game mm. uh, or something you know, sometimes they do a proper adventure path there's smoke on the water the one that's set the one that's set on a steamboat going very very slowly down the dragon's tongue is pretty decent and what they mostly did was what they edged towards doing later on was tactical combat encounters yeah but just picked a monster from the monsternomicans and said right here is a really fleshed out and crunchy encounter where you can really have fun with everything this does. And the one they did for the Sturge flock is still one of my favorite encounters. But then there's this jump between an encounter and an actual adventure. And with the exception of Smoke on the Water and the one that's set just outside Five Fingers, they ain't been so good at this. The Witchfire Trilogy. Mm. Have you ever played the Witchfire Trilogy? No, I haven't. I, I, I would say I do own a copy. Um, it's with Nick. Um, and has been there for six years. Yeah. Because we exchanged things at one point, and like, oh yeah, I still have your book on Arthur, so you still have my Witchfire trilogy. We should get those back at some point. Yeah, let's never do that. Okay. Yeah. And to be brutally honest, you've saved yourself reading a mediocre fantasy novel disguised as a D&D adventure. <laughs> it's the worst kind of frustrated novelism because your PCs are just playing second fiddle to Sabrina the Teenage Necromancer for the whole thing. Right, okay. Is uh, uh, I mean, I gathered from um, what it necessarily has to set up, where that story has to go, the only thing I can think of is it would have to be tremendously railroady just to get you to the right place. God, like, you can tell why they put a train on the cover of the rule book because this thing runs on rails. Oh, okay, yep. It, I'm not kidding when I say it's it's not even a choose-your-own-adventure. It's a novel where you get to roll dice as you go along. Ooh. Mm. That, that's not my favourite kind of thing, yeah. I'm afraid. And as... Yeah. <laughs> As a way to sort of launch the concept of the Iron Kingdoms and to set up the recent history and to give a feel for what the world is like, the actual story ain't too bad. Yeah, It's just a dreadfully designed adventure. And I don't think any iteration of the IK RPG has ever quite nailed the jump from here's an encounter that works really well to here's a joined up reason to have a bunch of these joined up. Yeah. Hmm. 
yes. I mean, uh, the, the IK RPG has always kind of it, it, it bothers me on multiple levels. Uh, oh, you did it, say when I when I when I proposed that we talk to each yeah. other after so many years of doing this, you did say you had some beef here. So I mean, it, it's not technically huge beef. Um, my major problem is it's kind of it's a really good system. It's just not the system I want. Um, it's a it's really good doing combat encounters, but my idea of a combat encounter is if it's taking more than half a session. You need to like get the saw out and just go. No, let's just cut off the rest of this. Let's get get out the window. Uh, it's it's one of those things I hate in RPGs where you get stuck in like one moment of time for four hours, and then you go. And next week we'll find out who hits who next. I know what you mean. It speeds up if you've got a GM that knows the that knows it well. Yeah. But that's not really a redemption of the system so much as praise for your GM. Yeah. at the end of the day plus and- what i would say is the groups i work with um they're very much more the kind who they like to get the descriptive version of things so where the iron kingdoms rpg is i move four inches forwards i have two inches of reach i hit you on a seven they want to know you know just they don't care about too much about the positions it's like yeah you charge in and you're going to swing okay and roll these dice okay you've hit him you're doing this and just kind of powering through it without having that models on a table kind of thing they're not those kind of groups yeah and that's the dark side of it being war machine and hordes the rpg and that's why i don't get to run it very often because by nature i skew hard story gamer like you it's just that there is this part of me that really gets off on a tactical combat simulator and sometimes i just really sometimes i just really want to play war machine and horde without going out and painting 30 bane knights to, to be honest the the ik rpg would probably be an absolutely fantastic backing for a an, an iron kingdom's version of mordheim yes that that seems to me where it would be really comfortable just having five or six models per side on the table and working out progression through campaigns and, and, and stuff like that so that you don't have to have that adventuring bit in the middle that it really kind of glosses over and says, this bit's not really important. The GM can decide just... Yeah, or I, mean, I would compare it almost to Frostgrave, which I, if I remember yes. rightly... Yes, yeah, that- Frostgrave's got a co-op mode, if I remember rightly. It's not played that much. Hmm. But you know, the idea of a cooperative miniatures game is something thing that i know has been explored here and there by various bold experimental souls and i think that's what the ikrpg really is well frostgrave was very much developed as oh they're not working on more time anymore what can we do that's in the same area but more yeah although interestingly enough other attempts at doing something like this i mean because there's always that sort of slight danger with just kind of adapting a territory that workshop isn't really occupying anymore because there are some unkind people who say that's all war machine and hordes is that it's second edition 40k done over i mean i can see where they're coming from i don't necessarily agree with i don't think that's true anymore i think it might have been true of mark one but that Uh, was a long time ago yes there's a lot more elements in mark one that you could probably relate back to yes i will yeah 
Okay. Yeah, it was like it was pitched to me on the grounds that you are old enough to have played second edition 40k and you remember when dreadnoughts had special attacks where they could rip chunks off each other. How would you <laughs> like it if they did wrestling moves? And I think I said, Is there a headlock? And I was told, Not only can you headlock someone, but you can punch them repeatedly in the head while you're doing it. Uh, amusingly enough, all gone now. Yeah. I, I gather this. Like, I, I should probably come out and say this: that the reason, part of the reason that this has been a, a kind of a comeback tour for you and me is that although we're we've, although we're still mates, I haven't played War Machine since just before Mark III dropped. Partly because I went temporarily insane and didn't really want to leave the house very often, but mostly because I looked at Mark III and the fact that it opened with the legalese, it opened with sort of the definitions of what was within and what was completely within, and it sort of that quibble fodder. And I looked at that and I went, okay, the game I love is in here somewhere, but it has finally become what it was threatening to become for years, which is a theatre of rules. Um, I can't say it's inaccurate. Yeah. Um, and I don't hate that. Like, if that's, if that's, if that's what you want, good on you. Hmm. It's something that I only want in small doses. If that makes yeah, sense. yeah, and no, that, that 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 does make sense. I, it, it's very much a system that I've kind of I, I do look at certain of my friends and go, you'd probably enjoy it. It's very crunchy, and you'd sit there and work out the stats and how things are going to go. You, on the other hand, not so much because you'll just go by feel, and it's very much not a yeah, that's about right kind of game. It's yeah, very I'm, much a I will move here and here alone. Yeah, and I've uh, yeah, and I've, I've seen it slide from one step from the the second state you described into the first state you described because again, the very first no quarter I ever picked up had the ultimate spirit of wargaming according to Duncan Huffman in the front, and I will always remember one of the points on that was don't quibble about millimeters in a game of inches. Mm. And with the best will in the world, I've never met anyone quite like a War Machine player for being so into quibbling about millimetres that they have special custom-sized movement measurers that flip onto all of their bases and laser lines. So, at the, at the risk of going tremendously off-topic... Off-topic? Yes, I'm going to describe for you what I, I have repeatedly called the most miserable game of War Machine I have ever had the displeasure of watching. Now, this was at the Welsh Masters about two, three years ago, and I rocked up to the table. Uh, it's Retribution facing another faction. It's not really important who it was, but and uh, the, yeah, the, the, the other faction goes first, moves forwards, and um, or the, it, basically they, they were in a position where um, something was just about possible. Time gets past the Retribution player, and he goes, okay. I will warn you, this turn is going to take about 45 minutes. Oh, I can see you now. That's very nice. Um, I've put this on so that, put this on so that you can see my face when I react <laughs> to this story, because I think that's going to be important. Fair enough. Just, um, uh, angle this. Oh, no, wait, wait, I can't angle this because I've broken my computer. Carry <laughs> on with the story, mate. So the guy says, okay, it's, it, I will warn you, it's going to take about 45 minutes for me to do this, and at the end, I will have either won the game or I will have lost the game. Like, Okay, fair enough. And I stood there going, I have a bad feeling about this. This is the point at which he basically empties a dump truck of acrylic pieces on the table. And he starts, it's like, okay, so this unit has to move first and gets out individual measuring sticks for each of them to say, this one has to move six forward, this one five, this one eight, this one four, and just kind of, okay, so then 
puts proxy bases at the points where all of them will end up, starts measuring from there as well, then measures where his caster's got to be for this, then measures where a warjack's got to be. At the point where he even got close to touching a single model, he had burnt 25 minutes of the clock. His opponent was basically head in hands, almost snoring across the table. I'm imagining a face very like the one I'm pulling <laughs> in those hands. And he has no fewer than 16 proxy bases on the table and 30 measuring sticks. He then proceeds to go, okay, let's do this. Moves the first model into position, rolls the dice, misses, leans over the table, shakes the opponent's hand, his opponent's hand and says, good game, I've lost. Play a fucking computer game. And I sat there just thinking, just... Just move the models. Just You've still got half an hour left. What is going on in your head that you've said, well, I've moved one model. That's clearly everything it's, done. It's ch- it's chess. It's that chess-like mindset. That's yeah. Because War Machine does attract the chess player mentality, I think. That's yeah. because, because especially with the fact that it's become a more and more precise order of activation game than ever. I'm going to turn the camera yeah. off now so that I can actually sit up straight. That, that's fair enough. You... Uh, you have a nice relax, or at least what you can. Yeah. Oh, oof. <laughs> oof. <sighs> a series of unpleasant crunching sounds in the background. Okay. Yep. Yeah, War Machine does attract that sort of chess-playing mentality. And I, and it's sort of... I, part of me sort of says, just play a bloody computer game. Mm. You clearly need the level of precision that you get when a machine is d- handling all of this for you. And part of me also says... The great thing about an RPG is that I think if it's not competitive, there's not that same sort of... People are more willing to take risks when everyone around the table's on the same side. Yes. Yes. And and one, one of my great pleasures in any RPG... I mean, I will put forward, I like DMing a lot, generally a lot more than I enjoy playing. Um, because I love sitting there and listening to all you get the full range of plans you get the people who are there going yes i think we should do this logical next step but then you've got that one player off in the corner who's like the demon on the shoulder who says yeah but what if we did this instead and all of a sudden all the heads turn round and go that's crazy but it sounds interesting like in my last campaign um it was a shadow run campaign which i will i will not go into my foibles with that system but do it later. Well, it's just you and me. Yes. Um, but the... <laughs> I, I did not mean to make that sound as erotic as I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the, 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 the players are there kind of uh, thinking, okay, how, how do we assault this facility? We, we, we might need to go in by this route, or we could wait for the change of shifts. Or And one player went, I'm bored of planning. <laughs> We're in San Francisco. There's a naval base. I wonder if they have any military equipment. We're like, Okay. And off he toddles to this military base, rolls stupidly well to get in there, um, manages to find an APC with a heavy machine gun on top, and basically just drives it straight through the rest of the campaign. Like, okay, that was unexpected. You do you. I'm yeah. perfectly happy with this result. Yeah, and, though, and those moments are great. That's mm. sort of, I mean, cause the dynamic that you describe is exactly how my last IKRPG game tended to go down. Because on this is one of the rare occasions when I was playing, because you know, 
I usually end up GMing partly because I get bored when I only have one person to run and I can't be the whole world, and also because of Stevie's first law of RPGs, which is whoever had the idea ends up doing all the work. In fairness, you also have the beard and glasses for a GM. Are they part of the kit? I didn't realise. So they, they do come as standard. Um, you know, your first sign is obviously, yes, if you suggest the RPG, you are running the RPG. Um, but the, the second stage is apparently the beard and glasses. Yes, and I, I, I haven't developed the beard. Like, I woke up like this on my 17th birthday, and it explains so much. <laughs> you woke up as a level two GM. <laughs> But so the yeah, I mean the player dynamic that has ended up that appeared in my in my last group was you have um right. My friend Charles <laughs> plays the Stormsmith that I mentioned earlier. It's one of the it's one of the Legion of characters that Charles has created. You send Charles off to make one character, they come back with a family of six. Oh wow. Like there, there is no there's no stopping this one when the bit is between the teeth. And Charles has Charles is very much a do it by feel kind of person. Mm. So you present a sim, but she also love. They also love the the unfolding machinery of a plan that ramps up. A simple plan in Charles's hands will become this convoluted right. So we burn two fear scrolls on getting them to run over here into the line of demo charges that we've set, <laughs> which will blow up the wall that holds back the underground river, thereby drowning everybody in the room. I, on the other hand, like a simple plan well executed, and I ain't really one for details. <laughs> and I tend to play Charles's long-suffering bodyguard. It's the role that we, you know, Charles gravitates to casters who get themselves into trouble. I gravitate to long-suffering warriors who have to drag them out of it. Think Minsk and Dinahire from Baldur's Gate, except that I'm the one, I'm the marginally, except the fight is the marginally more sensible one. Very nice. <sighs> Oh, and that's sort of, yeah, that's the great part about running games up to a point. Mm. And the point that I don't like it getting up to is the point where they're trying to foolproof everything because they are used to the adversarial GM, the kind of person who will sit there. And this is a true story that I've heard from someone. Like I tend to rehabilitate players a lot when I run games. You know, someone will come in and say, I've had a bad experience with this because of that. I hate Vampire the Masquerade because somebody came into it um, on a power trip and just dominated everybody in the party willy-nilly and turned us all into meat puppets. Yeah, uh, yeah. Problematic on many, many levels. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't as bad as that, but this was somebody who'd come into my IKRPG game, and what they were used to was the kind... And they were asking me, right, so I've got a gun. Where do I keep my bullets? In a bandolier or a pouch? And how does that impact my reload times? And I said, does it really matter that much? And they, this uh, this chat related to me the story of his pre of how his previous DM had waited half a session until the party had set out into the icy whiteness of the tundra, and then said, "In imagine imagine this in a sort of slightly more Polish version of this because that's where the where the uh, group were from." I can't help but notice that none of you have entered clothing on your character sheets. I'm forced to presume that you've gone out into the wilderness bollock naked, and Ugh. it's about this time that you've all frozen to death. Time to roll up some new characters, please. That That is the point at which I would grab that GM by the lapels and throw them out of a window. <sighs> yeah, yeah. 
I don't generally advocate casual violence around the gaming table, but that's th that's definitely the point at which I would leave and never come back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for some people, they like that sort of very precise GM who has, you know, they, if it's not there, it doesn't exist. Um, yeah. f f for me, my opinion is, okay, you have some bullets. When it is important to the storyline that I'm telling, or if you rolled stupidly badly, then you'll run out. Yeah, that's it. Running again, running out of bullets and not being able to reload in time. That's a fumble. Yeah. That's not something that I feel you need to be beating and tracking every time. It's, it's just, but the thing is, it's not so much a difference in styles. It's the mentality behind it that I couldn't stand. That's sitting there yeah. waiting and letting them waste two hours of their time and then dropping it. Yeah. And that kind of adversarial GM mindset leads people to over-plan and over-prepare and ask for a level and sort of ask questions, which is great in a player, but to ask questions in a level of detail that is just obvious that they have sat there and for, te for 10 minutes and wrestled this sentence until it leaves no possible room for ambiguity, surprise, or missed <laughs> detail. Then you know, order the order of the stick did the great riff on this with the oracle, but sort of of the two stated locations, these being these being Girard's gates and Lyrian's gates, the, of of these two locations, they're going on about trying to find Zycon and which of those two gates is he going to first, and they just have this ridiculously long and complex <laughs> sentence that is that's designed to eliminate any double talk, any tricks or non-answers whatsoever. And there are three gates, and he's going to the third one. And even the NPC is sat there going, are you sure you don't want to just ask me which gate Zycon's going to next? <laughs> but the but you know, the player characters there, their players have obviously been victims of that kind of fuckery before. Yeah. And I, I'm not a big fan of that kind of fuckery. And it's not particularly, like, for the average, for the average GM who doesn't have the time or the patience to lovingly research every last moving part of a scenario and who cannot conjure up, okay, yes, I know exactly how much it should cost to get hold of six black market AK-47s on Jewish New Year in the rain oh. in San Francisco. The kind you of were, you at my last campaign. <laughs> <laughs> that was set in San Francisco. I, I think that's why I said San Francisco. Uh, I pay attention, you see. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, so like, unless you're the kind of GM who has sat down and painstakingly worked out the fluctuating price of leather in your world and how this affects armor availability, chances are you just don't have an answer for that. And then you've got to sit there and think of one. And I, different GMs have different levels of difficulty with this. I, as one of nature's improvisers, I don't like to plan too much because I find that whenever I plan something the session ends up going in a completely different direction anyway. I like to turn up, I like the players to turn up, and I ask them, so what do you losers want to do today? Yeah. And kind of wing it from there. Oh, but it I, I'll just tell you quickly about my last campaign. Um, so, essentially what I did, um, the first campaign we had was kind of from a Star Wars RPG book, and it, it had definite paths. You could go things in multiple orders, but it had definite paths. Mm -hmm. The last campaign I ran, um, I'd written a beginning, I'd worked at multiple places where it might end, and a couple of beats that we might hit in the middle somewhere. Things um, you personally want to see happen, yeah? Yeah, but other than that, I walked in with uh, a bag of meeples, a wipe-dry board, so that I could draw some stuff if I needed to, and some file cards, and a big file of random company, location, 
and person names and basically let the players have at it if they went to a location it was their choice of where they were going it wasn't pre-suggested um and i could kind of created something on the fly and added a new bit to the story it meant that there were some dead ends that they didn't follow up on but it also meant that there were things that appeared later in the campaign that linked back to earlier things that they were like did you plan this all along like no, that's I'm the, making this stuff up. Yes, that's the reaction that I love. The bit where they think you're some sort of criminal mastermind when what you've actually been doing is just paying attention to what they say and do. And if they've decided that somebody is the big bad, if they've taken a particular dislike to the prince of the city because they don't like his accents or something, then guess what? That's the yeah. bad guy now. Yep, absolutely. I mean, it did lead to this awful mess of file cards that at one point I was just like, hang on a second, I need to find who that character was again. There we go. Um, but just a Yeah, it, it led to, I mean, this is after a conversation I had um, at a convention with some other GMs where I said, do you think it's better to over-prepare or under-prepare? And the guy on stage who, for a moment, I could have sworn he was a, you know, a clone of you, basically said, that is the best question we've had. Also know that I hate you. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like something I would say. Yeah. Um, Not so... just to you either. You know, this isn't <laughs> But anyway, we, we've kind of had a, a, a mosey on about the, the, the IK RPG system. Um, personally, I'd say if you've played War Machine and you've never tried an RPG, it's going to be probably be a, a, a decent in for you or something you might want to try availability is a little bit mixed at the moment but um yeah i think i think that's that that's kind of my feelings on it it's not your worst uh, introduction to the world of role playing and if you've never role played before i'd suggest you do try at some point um but i know that you you also came on to talk about a a, a personal project as well i did i did thank you very much for this opportunity for a shameless plug I, I, i'm segueing sort of neatly into the uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of glad that we've talked about a lot of the stuff that we have because, you know, this does it's like we planned this, we don't we made it up <laughs> and we went along, but we've talked about the RKRPG and the things, and the, the one thing that it doesn't do particularly well which is sort of contexts for the tactical combat that it does. It's good at putting you in an organisation, it's not so good at getting you fro- getting that organisation into a situation. Mm. And we've talked about preparation and over-preparing and under-preparing, and we've talked about planning, and we've talked about DM styles. And here's the thing. Earlier this year, I found myself running, for the first time ever, a sort of Thieves' guildy type game for a bunch of Warhammer Warhammer Fantasy roleplay game, but they all happen to be criminals. Okay. And the thing about criminals is, criminals like to steal stuff. They like to pull off, you know, they like to pull off heists. Mm. Which means they'd like to know what the stuff is and how well defended the stuff is and what the risks are on the road to getting the stuff and what's the best way of getting into the building at this, that, or the other time of day. All the stuff which, at the best one in the world, I am not actually that great at thinking up, particularly not on the fly, which is how I tend to end up thinking of this stuff. Mm. And the kind of book, the kind of RPG book that I always think needs to exist is not more monsters and more classes, but it's more scenarios and more meta and more advice, more stuff that plugs into your game and says, right, you're having this specific problem. This book can help you with that. Mm. And that's why I'm working on the San Gennaro Co-op's Big Booko Heists, the Role Player's Guide to Heists. 
Okay. So this is the kind of book that I really need because hmm. I'm so bad at planning them. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I, I joined the I joined the Sandinara Co-op um, almost at the start. It's um, this sort of diffuse group of indie RPG creators who are all making stuff together. 100% creator-owned, 100% profit-shared. No IP holder is paying for their fourth yacht or second holiday yeah. of this one. All the money goes back to the people who will actually make the things, which is really great considering how bad the wages for jobbing RPG devs are. They're appalling, Mike. I, I mean, I, I kind of gathered... Um... If you follow me, I mean, if you do follow me on Twitter, brace yourself for at least a twice weekly rant about how badly RPG makers are paid compared, especially compared to the cover price of the books and compared to writers in proper grown up industries that actually value their talents. Okay. And that's sort of then fixing that, correcting that is why the Santanaro Co op exists. And one of the things that we like to do is to do stuff that other companies don't. You can get core rule books for tie-ins and systems and settings all over the place. But good setting neutral books of stuff to do in them are quite hard to come by. Yeah. And so that's you know that's like so our first big Kickstarter project, our sort of tent pole, is this guide to heists. And it's 25, at least 25, system neutral more or less setting neutral heist scenarios. Some of them are for specific genres. You know, there's one that's like a wizard did it that is very much, it's written as a high fantasy thing. You could twist it sideways into urban fantasy or maybe even Star Wars, like a Jedi did it with a bit of creative thinking. A lot of them will adapt sideways into stuff that's kind of generically next to what they were written for. Mm. It's also got about half a dozen chap proposed chapters of meta advice on actually running heists and building heists into your campaign. The bit I'm doing is, speaking as a person who is rubbish at heists, but loves a heist as the spark of a story. I love Guy Ritchie movies. Mm. And so what I'm basically doing is, here's how you run a Guy Ritchie movie. Oh, okay. And it has to okay. start with a heist, but what really matters is the characters who are involved in it. And that's, that was sort of my pitch that got me into writing for this i've, I've got to say I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at the uh, the kickstarter right now um which um by the looks of it has already funded yeah oh god is, yeah masters of comic timing we launched this thing on free rpg day mm. when half the industry was at origins and completely knackered <laughs> we still funded in three days flat there is very nice really an appetite for this stuff out there and the digest that we did was pretty much the same thing we like we sold about 180 copies no it was about 120 copies on the first day which for a no-name indie developer is what just happened there yeah i've got to say i, I do like um the sort of the, the, there's a mock-up of the book on the page in that sort of very um well it's a blueprint style um, I've got to say, that's a very nice look. It's it's not one you see too often. We wanted to do something. We wanted to do something a bit innovative, you know, just to get away from kind of two columns of text for absolutely everything. Mm. And we've got some people in the co-op who are very, very good at layout, very inventive with it, very passionate about it, and who've said, you know, they want this thing to be aesthetically different. And I can't remember now whose idea it was, but some bright spark said, well, this is all about planning, so we should make them plans. We should make them blueprints. And that's kind of what's yeah. happening now. I've, I've got to say, that that's that's really working for you. Um, I mean, 
off the top of my head, I kind of because you're saying this is this is setting neutral. Yep. Um, off the top of my head, I'm sat there thinking, there's a guy I know who actually may be really interested in this because he wanted to run uh, Blades in the Dark. If you know that. I do know Blades in the Dark. I w- kind of wish I was running it instead of Woofer at Four, but that's another story. <laughs> he wanted to run Blades in the Dark, but he said, I- I'm not really confident enough to actually create the kind of thing that would be the heist. So something like this may well be the kind of confidence yeah. boost he needs to actually get that off the ground. Yeah, that's who it's for. It's for people who want to run this kind of, not genre, but almost sort of archetype of a story who want to tell this kind of story run this kind of scenario but who do not quite have as you say the experience or the confidence or sometimes just the the spark of the initial idea to make it go they know they they know why they want to do it but the details elude them and that's the whole point of that's the whole point of doing this book and i i run into people so often who are very into a setting and a game and a set of law, but they fall down on knowing exactly what to do with it and how to breathe life into it and make it go. And that's what, you know, that's what this book is. That's what, that's the, you know, the, the sort of thing that I want to be writing mm. as through my brilliant career in independent games design <laughs> of one of three side gigs, which when you put them together, just about amount to a living. Um, yeah. That's the sort of thing I want to be doing. Is kind of I don't want I don't want to go out there and make another game because there's with the best one in the world. There's loads of them out there. Chances yeah. are there's something that you like already. What I want to do is help people get more mileage and more fun and less work out of the games that they already have. Yeah, that's why I like doing things like this. Well, I, I would say um, just sort of uh, from a, a, a quick look here um, for anyone who wants to have a look, and you know, if you're in the role playing sphere, it's uh, an interesting one to have a look at. Uh, just Google the Role Players Guide to Heists, um, and it should be from the San Gennaro Co-op. Um, like hashtag RPG Two Heists on the Twitter. Okay, see, you, you've already got your social medias in order. Then I was um, shouting that and told to use that hashtag a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and also, from what I can see, it's uh, pretty reasonably priced actually. So there's a was it a PDF copy for. Uh, around about ten dollars or eight pounds, or you can have the premium hardcover uh, for was it twenty four pounds plus shipping? Yep. Oh, which actually includes a PDF copy as well. Yep. And you know, and the reason we've done it that way is we've set it up so that there is a hardship tier because I again I know loads of people who with the best will in the world cannot go out there and drop forty five nicker on an RPG book. Yeah. And those people they want to buy things, they want to support creators but they cannot afford to pay the publisher's prices that pay for the publisher's $1.5 million mansion yeah. themselves. So, again, because we don't have anybody creaming off the top, we can say, well, guess what? We still get paid, even if you pay a bit less for a PDF copy. So here, this is on us. You can have, you can have some resources. We've got, to charge for the PD- We've got to charge for the print version because that thing costs. Yeah. But- oh, yeah, the print is never uh, simple. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but you also got very interesting stretch goals. Um, yes, which, which, stretch goals, which, which actually do entail um, paying your writers and artists and editors. Yes, paying uh, them more. Like, yeah, 
we're all we've already set a really really good base rate like i when i whinged earlier about the rpg industry not paying the same kind of money as writers in proper grown-up industries get not so here this project pays everybody the kind of money i get in my day job which is really it's not i'm not minted but it's respectable it's five times as much what i get working for a, a lot of mid-tier rpg publishers and yeah the first stretch goal is basically guess what we're gonna pay everybody that little bit more because what that does is if you pay something like i've got to sort of channel um i'm gonna channel some of our senior members here give me a second if you pay an rpg creator say i've said that works out this morning if you pay someone 60 bucks to write three thousand words that's a they do like that's not an amount that means they can sit down and properly research and play test and think out and redraft this because mm. that's for the amount of writing that needs to be done that's the kind you know for that kind of money it's just right i'll do it but i'll bang it out in an afternoon and not think about it too hard where yeah. you pay somebody 250 bucks all of a sudden you've given somebody a like that's a good chunk of my rent for the month i i'm going to take a week off work to write my chapter for this and i'm going to research it and i'm going to play test the ideas at least once <laughs> probably more and it's what? just considering how much stuff gets rushed out of the gate by people that just need to turn it around so they can get on and do something that's going to make them a bit more money mm. this 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 is the sort of benchmark this is what's going to bring up the benchmark of quality in the, in the industry if you pay for it we've got time to do it properly yeah i mean i do think uh, now i'm gonna set my stall out here briefly just uh i've complained about kickstarter a lot sort of over the last couple of years because it's been used as kind of um a glorified pre-order system by people who don't need it yes by big companies um this is the sort of stuff that i'm much happier to not only see but also fund on kickstarter and indiegogo and backer kit and whatever platform du jour is um because this is generally some genuinely something that's um it's working into a niche it's people who just want to kind of you know make something out for themselves and who are looking to do something that's a little bit different um and we're know. actually we're actually independent as well it's not yeah. like there's it's you know it's not like there's um hundreds of thousands of venture capital money floating around in the air that are going to pay us to do this anyway hmm. at the end of the day it's sort of kickstarter exists to so that pe so that people who don't have the starting capital can make stuff yeah here we are yeah no okay that's that, I, i'll be honest that that actually is a um a very interesting sort of um product you're putting forward I, hate well, to put that I, I like the stretch i like the stretch i like as well if we look yeah. if we look at the rewards here i really like the one where people get to write a, people basically get to design a heist if you pay a writer's wages for the project oh with the like, uh heist bill right, yeah if you pay if you pay a, a, a writer's wages for the project we'll sit down and we'll write whatever heist you want and we've got some really cool stuff coming in from that backer tier like i thought the baseline ones were good but one of our first major backers said well as it happened the goddess freya had such tight security that loki himself had to turn into a fly in order to breach it 
and that's going in the book. <laughs> mythic. I never thought of that. That's going yeah. in. And it's yeah, it's it's really nice to see people getting behind it and suggesting these things and saying, yeah, I want I want this to exist, and I want somebody who's got the time and has got the interest and has now got the money, yeah, to flesh this out and share this. That's awesome. I, I mean, I will I will say. All the house builders are sadly gone. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you say that, and that never say never. <laughs> we, um, we've got an exciting decision making process, so that, oh, may, okay. that may change at some point. Okay. But I, I would recommend anyone who's kind of interested in RPGs and wants maybe something a little bit different. I per- personally, um, how can I, put this? I have a bit of a rep amongst our RPG group for running heists um, because. For me, that's kind of the quickest way to get people into it, get them thinking, get them moving, and just kind of trundling along. It's also the best way to kind of get disparate parties together very quickly. Um, in my experience, anyway. I don't know about yourself. It works a hell of a lot better than you all have a grudge against X for various reasons. Or, you know, 12 people wander into a bar. Suddenly, an RPG party occurs. <laughs> oh. I mean, at, le- at least when at least when I pull something that cheap, it's you all wake up in prison. Oh, uh, that's 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 working dangerously close to an event that happened at Games Expo, and we'll not go there. Yeah, no. I should like to point out at this point that I'm purely referring to the demo game I ran at SmogCon a few years ago, where because I had a Scorn army, the antagonists had to be Scorn. So guess what? You wake up in a cage in a Scorn camp. Get out. That's fair. As as rapid setups go for like I need this RPG running in five minutes. Um, yeah, that that's a pretty good one. Okay. Um, so is is there any kind of other aspect to the uh, uh, the Kickstarter you'd like to kind of extol? Only that I think one of the stretch goals down the line is just we write more heights. Yes. So uh, it says here we'll start offering additional heists in the book, and for every six hundred dollars. You'll get a new one for an, for a maximum of ten additional heists. Yeah. So uh, it's, so basically, it can go to thirty five scenarios. Mm. Uh, as a baseline thing, looking at your costing, if you're going in for that that hardcover copy, you're basically paying a dollar per heist plus an extra five for a hardback cover and then shipping. Which, to be honest, as a value prospect, I'm kind of into that because um, I've seen far worse value than a dollar to get a heist can't say fairer than that can you yeah um so yeah so the uh, kickstarter runs until well it runs for 25 days so uh monday july the 15th at uh 4 59 british summertime 4 59 p.m yes post meridian yes so okay certainly very interesting prospect um, I've got to say, I'll, 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 I'll certainly be winging that way of at least one of my friends. Excellent, because uh, I know they'll be very interested in that. Yeah. Um, and please, or, yeah. I mean, even if, I mean, even if you are like my colleague, Mister Chom here, quite good at coming up with your own heists, I guarantee you know someone who isn't. It, uh, plus, it's always nice to have extra inspiration. Um, you know, even if you've got the book and you've read it like a thousand times, you think you've kind of got an idea for the next thing. It's always nice to have something else to dip into, someone else's opinion to look at and go, ooh, that's an interesting thing. You know, you might not even steal the whole heist. You might go, actually, I'll just take that little bit there. Yeah. That works. And, uh, yeah, I frequently find myself having to run demo games or con games and thinking, right, I've got a system. I've got some resources. I just need something that's going to... I need something that's going to that's go when I sit down to run it. 
Yeah. And that's another thing that I think this is perfect for when you don't, if you are having to put together, if, for whatever reason, you've got to put together a session on the fly, that's what books like this are great for. And I find that a lot of RPGs presume the campaign, presume that you've got time to sit down and do a small novel's worth of prep beforehand. And with the best one in the world, ain't no one got time for that. So I, I tried that with one RPG and uh, I still have that design document. Um, a lot of it went unused during the campaign. I'll put it that way. So much as I much as I love that setting, it's like a kind of imagine the film Congo, but with um, skeletons. Okay, it's it's that kind of like slightly terrible '90s action movie set on a remote island that's the last outpost of a sort of an, an advanced Aztec civilization. And there are skeletons. Yes, because at the end you find an um, was an Olmec jade death mask. Um, that the main villain is supposed to put on so that he can control the dead. The unfortunate thing is the, uh, the French acrobatic midget in the party <laughs> decided to roll to see if he could get be between the big bad and the death mask, which he did. So it was at that point that I kind of handed him a piece of paper that I had. And he went, you were prepared for this, weren't you? I'm like, Oh Yes enjoy as he then realized he had the power to raise skeletons and he could either choose to resist or give into the mask um it basically ended up with this french acrobatic midget with a crowbar stuck between him and the mask because it was kind of sucking onto his face um charging around like a tiny rhinoceros aiming at crotches now see if he just put that mask on and accepted his destiny as a true lord of the undead you would be describing my neverwinter knight's character <laughs> very nice very nice okay well i think that uh pretty much about wraps wraps up for this uh, little segment um unless there's kind of anything further you want to kind of expand upon i don't think so i think we've had a lovely chat about an often neglected corner of the war machine and hordes universe we've talked about the specific thing it's not good at and how i've made a thing that can make it better at that well i've helped make a thing that it's cooperative one mustn't claim all the credit i was gonna say there's a, there's a very nice list of credits um and you've got you you're doing your very best terry pratchett without a hat um i didn't have the hat that day uh, there was only so much room in my luggage terrible anyway thank you john for coming on the show it's been a pleasure having a chat with you always peace out okay welcome back um hopefully you enjoyed that little talk with uh, john where he went into uh, his uh, well i say his the, the kickstarter that uh, he's talking about okay uh we are now going to move on into any other business and uh wrap up the show so benj any of the business godzilla godzilla nice king Ran, it is godzilla um godzilla uh king of the monsters was uh not as bad as all the critics said it was uh, um, it's a kaiju movie i therefore don't pay attention to critics uh who were complaining that it was too much kaiju when <laughs> yeah, because apparently last time it was too much humans, too much humans, and now it's too much monsters. And and um, Mothra looks amazing in it. Yeah, it does. And, right. Oh, Bench. Bench. yeah. Have you seen Shin Godzilla? Yes, yes, yes. Better or worse? Okay, not as good as Shin Godzilla. Okay, but, but King Ghidorah, uh, kind of almost 
gets there. It, the human plot drags back the monsters because it's a bit silly. Uh, like the human relationships are a bit shit. <laughs> it's it's a human plot arc in yeah. in a kaiju movie. Of course, I know, but, but Charles Dance's character is really. Oh. It's, it's arguably his most two-dimensional part he's ever played. Yeah, I know. He's just like evil English man. What well, even more two-dimensional than the villain in uh, Last don't, Action don't, Hero? Don't go there, because I love that. It's amazing, but he was intentionally two-dimensional as yeah, just just a moustache twiddling villain. He is. He's awesome. I love it. Yeah. In this, though, he no, was... No, worse. Way worse. Way yeah, worse. he was supposed to be trying in this. And uh, and there was not... There was, it didn't really make any sense. And... and it I felt w- like it was just a mechanism just to get the monsters back in every single yeah. time. What I did like, though, is how <clears throat> there was less sort of focus on the human tragedy of it all. And it was just let them fight, basically. Yeah, for what it was, yeah. Yeah, because they were like, oh, everything's been evacuated, and you didn't really think about the logistics of it. Screw Boston, just mess it up. Yeah, just fuck Boston. <laughs> like, fuck it. What's Boston ever done? Gave us fucking, what did they do? Sanitation, yeah, obviously. No, it gave us the tea pie. Tea pie, yeah. Yeah, that was it. And look what happened ever since, bastards. Um, anyway. From his point of view, moving on, yeah. Uh, what, what, what? Moving what? on. Down with Colonials. Um... Uh, so, anyway, Godzilla the, was amazing. The opinions of Benj are not the opinions of Look, the podcast. I'm, what, I, I, Mike has red coats in his cupboard somewhere, I'm sure. I think you mean Praetorians. <laughs> yeah, all right, fine, same thing, surely. Not really. Are you sure? Literally. Yes, they dress in red, but they are Praetorians. They're Imperial Guardsmen. Okay, I'm not even going to go into this because we need like. You started um, moving on. I think we should get. Uh, away from never it. mind. Anyway, Godzilla's good. Um, I bought Scythe the board game. We set it up, and then we went. Uh, we're too tired for this and feel like shit. Uh, so uh-huh. we have to play it. Not the first time I've heard that one about Scythe. What? Set it all up and then just go. Ugh. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. It's. Uh, it looks amazing, and the theme. Oh, it does. It, the theme of. 1920s. There is a copy kind of up here behind me, which I've still not played after like two years. Uh, a bit disgruntled that the box came absolutely battered uh, from oh, so Amazon, um, and the only option was to send the whole thing back uh, and wait for another copy. And we just, yeah, but still not very happy about that, um, considering it came all the way from Germany as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, I enjoyed okay. watching the uh, Oblivion um, thing piece. On didn't watch the whole reveal. I just watched the YouTube, and uh, there was some fantastic. The art's back on point. Yeah, I say there's some fantastic art pieces. I agree with that. Yeah, um, the whole battle scene again to see that big thing. The Archons. Um, I mean, I, I don't think there was ever a dip in the quality art personally. No, no, no! It's it's just good to see more of it, and with a book, you're going to get more of it. You're going to get yeah. I like that. That's I like, one of the things I like. I like, I like. The books. I like the yeah. return of the anthology books. I, always, yeah, I miss that, those. Yeah. yeah, that that is. They realised. I think. I think they've actually. That was their salt. They produced a good book, regardless of whatever the rules were. The the lore and everything compacted into one place. You can read it on the shitter. Here, 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 is, <laughs> here is the thing. I I haven't seen any of the mark three books other than the main rule book um i've got one i was like i other than you i don't know anyone who owns one 
Oh. Um, I've only got one. Yet, and yet, I look at Oblivion, I'm probably never going to play the campaign. But that's... Oh, I will. That, no, I will. That, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we're already but that's it. fine. Um, but I'm looking at that and going, oh, it's a nice book. Comes in a presentation box. Comes mm. with the... Uh, was, uh, as we said earlier, the doodar of Henchhold. The Hermit, um, isn't it? The walking yeah, bomb, whatever it is. Yep. Yeah, the Hermit of Henchhold. Um, also comes with like the the new rules digest. Like, yes. Ooh, that's, that's, that's a nice collection mm, of stuff. It is. W- one of those a year, I like that idea. Even if they stick with their the plan that they made, which was, we're not going to do model stats in the books anymore. It's just pointless. But which it, it is. Lo- as long as they do the fluff, one of the things that I am missing, and I'm, I'm going to go off on a mini rant here, is I have the uh, the Mercenaries book from the days of Yor and Mark II. Um, and I'm attached to a lot of the stuff in there because I read the, like, the little two-page blurb about every single unit in there multiple yeah. times. And I look at some of the newer stuff and I go, I have no idea what the background behind even this Dr. is. Nick, even Dr. Nick, I know nothing about him. He's awesome, yeah. but I don't know anything about him. He's Dr. Nick Verendry. Where's he come from? Uh, uh-huh. Other than Lael? Um, <laughs> is he Lael? <laughs> is he Dick? I don't know. He works for Steelheads. I don't know, but I want to know more about him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's returning to that ability to go. It's, it's like, oh, um, so especially, especially when they lost their organ of no quarter as well i don't think no quarter is much of a loss frankly mm, i i enjoyed some of the articles and again the re- recycle i i think I, dr nick was in that wasn't it was he? I, oh, okay. I, I stopped reading no quarter before even mark ii went away i have the crucible guard one obviously because there was no book for Crystal Guard, but there was a whole, de- pretty much a whole issue of No Quarter Prime dedicated. Which to it. again, I, I find it strange that they've released like command books for Signal, but they didn't do one for um, Crucible Guard. They should have. That's done. the only, the only one. Crucible Guard have no token sets, no official token sets. I know from Broken Egg to do, and they have no, um, no templates, and they have no book. Which Infernals are getting their own token sets by the looks of it. Yeah. T- um, t- t- to be honest, right, walking around tournaments, uh, if PP never produced another token set, another spray, uh, another you know, th- set of three-inch AOEs or uh, movement widgets, I think the world would be okay. Yeah, yeah, true. I just, I mean, I, 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 I've now bought, I bought the Frozen Forge ones, if I'm honest. The, the, recently... there's, there's probably still a small profit margin in there, but to be honest, I, I don't think anyone cares. Yeah, no, that's true. I think just just a bit going to be the player of a faction was the point where it changed. Where Grimkin have got it all, and Crucible have got none of it. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Benj, you finish your any other business, haven't you? Yeah, you can yeah. take the okay. floor. Kurt. Hello. Any other business? Um, more Crucible Guard, really. Um, <laughs> just more um, playing um, playing McKay, trying to get the hang of McKay. Um, Learning pretty much that if you can keep her alive, you win, which is quite fun. Seems um, good. Yeah, because she's a girt train and she kills a lot of stuff, and she's got more damage output for a caster than most, and more survivability than most. So I'm basically wrong words, but resilience. Uh, did your yeah. stuff um, get any um, painting accolades at all? No, not at all. No. Ah. No, but did you see what what the what the stuff that won was amazing? No, I didn't actually. So I, I think I came to the conclusion quite a long time ago, probably one of the previous, uh, actually first or second 
uh, Bones Con that, that what I paint is a high tabletop standard. I do not paint to an award level in any regard. If I go to a gaming event that is a gaming event, I've got a good shout of winning best in pay unless Mike's judging it. And um, <laughs> How many years, Kurt? I don't know. It's probably older than one of my children, isn't it? Okay, um, let's just point this out. That was before I moved to Basingstoke. I've been here five years. Yeah, I'm talking about more than eight, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah but keeping it uniform is quite difficult, and you do a good job. At least. Thank you. I, I think I'm good at painting armies, um, and I, I totally will admit that. And, they're, and they're, they're painted to a high standard for an army on the table, um, but individual models are not exemplary, and I don't put the work in. So oh, I love the, the, the old witch that did really well that work that Ben did that didn't he it was just astounding mm. amount of work um, I'm not likely to do that on something I'm going to put on the table because stuff breaks and gets knocked we've all played long enough to know how much stuff gets damaged so um, yeah I, want to say, I, I can't remember if it was you that made the comment sort of a, a bones con or a smog con many years ago uh, but the whole thing of I think you what was it um, someone varnishing their figures and everyone was looking to the painting going oh no that can't win it's varnished Yeah, which is like who cares? It's about the painting. Yes. And apparently, no, it's it's not. Uh, no. And so I, I paint what I want for me. Um, and I paint it so that it looks nice for me. Um, uh, I do take on board still what you said, going back to when that painting competition that I felt, which arrogantly felt that I should have won at the time, <laughs> at the time which is totally arrogant. Um, and now it's more arrogant now than it did at the time. And... So I do, I enjoy high contrast because being slightly colorblind, that lends itself to my painting, my painting style lends itself to that anyway. Yeah. So, uh, no, and to answer your question, Jeb Benj is no, but I wasn't really expecting it. I put it out because I know, my, I think my armor looks nice. <coughs> Everybody I played was like, oh, wow, that looks really cool. Because, you know, purple with orange and black stripes really does pop. It, yeah. I like it. And the contrast and the metal and the gold and everything is prime gold. So it all has that glow underneath it really nicely. So I like it. And it looks fine on the tabletop and it's it's not going anywhere. So yeah, um, hobby-wise, painting lots. I've got James on the table um, and she's kind of most of the way there. Um, I don't even know what list of what I'm in. So she's got pause while I'm painting more, painting my second rare list that I finally got and uh, and more uh, more vanguards because, because big train girl that I need to protect. You, you want to be like me with uh, was it Mark II version of um, oh what's his name the junior in Mercs um, where he gave the uh, he lowered the points cost of vanguards oh yeah so so he went round for me with a min unit of vanguards it was him yeah. and three of them which was just a joy on the tabletop because there the amount of games where he would just sit there on a flag and go this is mine. And it would come down to tiebreakers and be like, okay, I double the points for these three vanguards, which are counted at full value, plus the uh, the junior that's with them. So I guess I win. Nice. Uh, that was always fun. Um, I've got I've got two new ones, and I've got one old one, uh, which I'm messing about with now because it kind of broke, so I'm starting to fix it again. And, um, uh, and I think I probably will get another new one at some point in the next month or two. Mm. Um, just to try I have three because I've got three in the list at the moment but I have a fourth one if I want it then uh, yeah still, still really enjoying I, I thought after the Welsh that I would want a break and would get trolls out again and I have bought a few new, few new troll things I've got bears on the shelf kind of primed and started but um, actually I'm still wanting to play Christmas Guard really cool. enjoying it still 
what more different casters different ideas there's only five casters but i now think realizing that i play two a lot three to an extent mm. um and actually that i haven't played lock so much and i haven't played mckay so much and both of them need table time cool yeah and board games obviously more of that but i haven't really played anything or don't think much more there really <laughs> more of the same really how about you mike what have you been doing uh, well, I managed to finally, after <coughs> years, um, get uh, Stannis <laughs> Brocker painted. painting, though. You do. You love... Do you have any idea how long ago I painted Stannis Brocker? I've got no clue. <laughs> so I can tell you when Stannis was undercoated. Uh, Stannis was undercoated to go to SmogCon 1. And sat there in his steely goodness ever since. And now he's had paint applied and he is fully painted. The only member of my steelhead calf that is fully painted. Wow. Um, yeah. I have, four, I have a four-man unit of steelhead calf fully painted. <laughs> that gives it a date. Uh, from back when you could do that, yes. Yeah, um, and I have Stannis painted. So I've also started painting up what will be my first pirate list because I'm going to a 50-point tournament at uh, Stafford Barrage um, start of next month. Um, so it's 50 points with a 40 minute death clock. So I went, okay, who can I take lots of jacks with? Ah, broadside Bart. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do I have Jack wise? Hmm, I've got, uh, two Mariners and, uh, oh, I've got three freebooters as well. And oh, I've got two Buccaneers and, oh, okay. This is working. Uh, um, battalion theme works with, with GS war jacks. Weirdly. Yes. Uh, it's not be pirate units, but no, it's pirate units and warjacks, um, which then means you get free deck guns um, to go with the cannon. So I've basically got this this entire list. Oh, and a powder monkey. So ew. Yes, I can make what is it? Five shots every turn that are range. Um, I'm trying to remember if it's range fifteen power fourteen or range sixteen power fifteen. Um, I've got five shots from the Mariners every single turn, three of which will be with hot shot. Ew. Yes. I've got the Commodore every I've got, turn. I've got hot shot. I know what that means. <laughs> it's just the point where you go, yeah, okay. I'm just, just going to shoot uh, this here. Um, A yeah, lot. Well, or, first of all, I go, okay, the Commodore shoots this with the cannonball, knocks it down. Right, now all my Warjacks are going to shoot it. Are you uh, tempted with the new... Colossal? Oh, you mean the blockader? That's the word I was after. The one that's in the post right now. Oh, that's a yes then. <laughs> yes. No, I, I, I have ordered the blockader because... Does it seem to lend itself to the list you're just writing? Yes. Yeah, well, well, you can basically stick it in there and make it 75 and with a little bit of uh, change about. And yeah, you go, oh, I dropped this light and he's in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's spiffy. So that's, that's a big yes. Yeah. Uh, um, so paint up some pirates. Um, other than that, um, well, first of all, I'm currently trying to cope with the X-wing points changes because they're hurting my head. I'm um, ignoring everything to do with that. It's in the loft. That's fair enough. Uh, and last weekend, I did manage to uh, play one of the rarer experiences you can have in gaming, which is Twilight Imperium. Oh God! <laughs> now, this this is the oh, thing. Wait, before the story starts, <laughs> if this story starts as long as it takes to play it, we're yeah, no, um, no. I, you've got three minutes, so then I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. So, 
Twilight Imperium, on the outside, looks like an immensely complex machine where there's lots of dice and tokens and, and things. Action. 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 And then what you realize is <sighs> every turn, you can do about three things. And most of the game is working with your opponents to make sure someone else doesn't win. Yes. And most of the game itself is social. And I didn't realize this, but it, it is a it's actually a fairly simple game to play. Once you've played a, like a round or two, you're fine. Yeah, but that takes At, three weeks. Our game took six hours. That's quick. So fourth edition, um, from what I've heard, is tremendously cleaned up. Um, okay. It's not uh, simplified. I, I've got friends who play it, and they set aside a bank holiday Monday, and they start before everybody else gets up, and they get finished when everybody goes to bed. Yeah. Well, I think with the five- and six-player games here, you probably would find that. But we, we were playing a three-player game just to kind of ease us in, because we've got okay. a five-player five, five game next month. Um, and you know what? Good I really enjoyed it. We sat there at the end and worked out, oh, if you'd done this, and if I'd done this, and but what if I'd gone here? And I mean, the points at the end, it's like the winner had 10, and then there was 9 and 8, so it was all really close. And it was it was a really good, fun game. So what I would say to people is, if the size and just imposing ridiculousness of TI4 puts you off, yes, give it a go. Because it is a tremendously fun game and well worth at least one day of your time. Mm. I've, had, I've had enough cross, enough experience of it to know that I don't really want much more. That's fine. It, I mean, it's it, good, but I'd rather, if I'm going to put, I mean, I know it's, it's quicker in comparison, it's a big game, but I'd rather put the effort and energy into Cthulhu, which is over and done with in one under two hours. Yeah. Uh, but the, it doesn't the, look like it is. It doesn't look like it will be. It doesn't really, you're playing it going, this is never going to end. And then you go, oh, wait, how long? Is, no, what do you mean we started an hour and a half ago? What? They're very different experiences, though. And oh, no, they to, are. They and are, to yeah. be honest, I, I, I say, yeah, that's that, that's just a thing in gaming. I, I know that, like, I will happily sit there for six hours, play one board game, and I'd sit there at the end going, my head hurts, I need to go and lie down. Um, but equally, I, I know there are people who think the same about games that last more than 15 minutes. So... Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a whole broad spectrum of them. And, that is very true. Yeah, yeah, and and I would thoroughly encourage um, anyone who's not played TR four to play TR four. Um, what I would say as well is I did go to UK Games Expo and pick up a whole ton of board well, games. I saw. Yes, all uh, the board games. I think it's fair yes. to say. Yes. So uh, from what I picked up from uh, UK Games Expo, uh, I picked up uh, two of the games of the Century series franchise Istanbul. Flam Rouge, Chinatown, Arboretum, and uh, Alhambra, um, which is like good. some good, sort of chunky board games in there. Uh, I've also picked up a couple of others alongside, like Caverna, which, uh, if you ever heard of Agricola, it's kind of the sequel to that. Oh, oh is it? Okay, where is that? Oh, no, yeah. Agricola, I've heard of, not that. Yeah, Caverna. Do we still have it here? I think We've it... discussed this before. Have we? Yeah. Probably. In a I dream. Mean, I mean, Caverna comes in a box that's like that and is ridiculously heavy. It's Lots full of card. Of, Lots of it, card. No, no wooden pieces. Oh, wood. Okay. Yeah, all the tokens in there are wood. It is lovely. Wow. Uh, right. I think that's all of my any other business. So all that remains at this point is one last for, thing. One last thing. Oh God. Evangelion on Netflix. Why is the dub different? 
Oh, okay. Uh, fairly simple. Um, so the dub to uh, Evangelion is owned by ADV Films. Um, He's the right man to ask, isn't he? Yeah, uh, is owned well. It's owned by ADV Films, which by extension means it's owned by Sentai Filmworks. Uh, Netflix did not want to pay Sentai Filmworks for the licensing fees. Uh, they felt it was more economical to make a dub that they owned. Um, therefore, they redubbed it. Um, there may also be issues with Studio Kara because they produced the original. Uh, well, sorry, their predecessor company produced the original um and they are having something of a uh, a purge of some of the older translations which they don't like okay uh basically this all stems from a test screening of the third evangelion movie at a convention where u.s fans went completely mad and uh were like cheering and laughing and just clapping along um right. and obviously this, this to a rather sober uh japanese person didn't go down well uh, they thought the translation was the problem so they demanded since that all translations are extremely literal and don't oh, work no. it's not gonna be good no, it doesn't work. There's a reason that you actually do uh, proper localization rather than Strap translation. Cultures, you know? yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of a problem. Um, I, but, I must say, I do not like. It was too jarring, and by episode two, I I just couldn't watch it anymore. Well, well, here's the thing, Benj. I have the DVDs, um, mm. so so I, I, I'm still good. Um, well, that's fine for you. Yeah, this is the thing. Okay, so the I, I'm actually going to see how much that Platinum Edition box set costs in the UK these days. Because the last time I checked, um, it was something ridiculous. So let's have a look. Okay, so Evangelion Platinum Edition uh, is going for around about 200 quid. Jeez. Yeah, so I picked that up for 15 quid uh, at a convention because the warehouse had literally burned down and they had nowhere to store anything. <laughs> so... Win. Yeah, it's it was a sad day for us all. Well, thank you for ask, answering, not asking that question. Yeah, To be honest, I, ha- I have enough contacts in the anime industry, I could probably have found out even if i didn't know myself hey i i was just putting it out there more of as a as a as a it's fucking awful kind of statement uh but now i know it's it doesn't make it any easier it's, no that's fair enough it does make me want to throw in another one which uh, which we should um not answer live action akira rumors oh uh, it's already in production yes well i know it's not really rumor yes yeah maybe we'll come back to that next time anyway so kurt do you want to sign us off You've been listening to Elite Cadre, the Hordes War Machine, Privacy Press, anything we can fancy board game podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I've been Kurt. I've been Mike. I've been Ange. Bye. Bye, Nick. Bye, Nick. Goodbye. He might be there to say goodbye to you in the next episode. Bye, Alex. He has threatened to Where's come back. Alex? Alex is literally down in a submersible with Steve Zizu.
You've been listening to Elite Cadre, a War Machine and Hordes podcast. Email us at elitecadrepodcast at gmail.com or find the whole team on Twitter at bit.ly forward slash elitecadre. Music provided by Martin de Bont and Symphony of Spectres. And now, in a world of perfect production and seamless transitions, we bring you the chaos that lurks beneath the surface. These are the Easter eggs. Okay, the Hangout on Air is now live. Oh, um, no. what, what do you mean it's not meaningful, Benj? Have you not looked at any of the news? I mean, there's news. Um, I mean, more news than we've had in I don't know when. I was really happy until... Um, Sorry, what? Wait, wait. No, I really was. There. I was honestly really happy until the really shit. What shitty... have you done with the real Benj? I was really <laughs> I'm about happy. to go back. I was really happy until I saw the terrible logo for Warcasters. And then I oh, felt don't... sad. I felt really sad. And then that was me. I don't really care about the logo of the game. It's if the game's fun or not. I, I I get that. I and I know you talk about a lot about the diversifying in portfolio. Will there be cat people? It, the logo alone suggests there will be cat people. What? Does it? The does Kil- it really? Yeah, it does. The Kilrathy, they're just all over it. Oh, the Kilrathy. Are we going? Is this a Wing Commander episode? Are we gonna? <laughs> wow. Oh wow. I have, I have never played a Wing Commander game. You have missed out. Have I, I, I really? Older than you, and I played a lot of them. <laughs> I've played a lot of them as well. So, um, just as a note as well, uh, in the actual bro- well, in the actual download of this episode, uh, there is going to be like a half hour bit in the middle um, from uh, John Garrad, if you know him. Yeah, I do know him. Can that eat up like a half an hour of what we talk Most, about? most. Yeah, because basically he came on to talk about the Iron Kingdoms RPG oh, um, cool. and um, talk about his Kickstarter. Uh, well, I, Kickstarter. I say he's... I'll, I'll link you to it. Tell you what, okay. I'll, I'll put it in the thing. We obviously um, know all about this already, but obviously... Because obviously we should talk about it as if we know what about it. Okay. We're not that, yeah, live it was, live. It was a fantastic yeah. interview. It was amazing. It's it's broadcasting on YouTube. Yeah, but this is preamble. Oh so yeah, this goes at the end. Yeah, I know. Just pre- back to. Oh, uh, here we go. It's 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 the role player's guide to heists. Uh, I shall link it in the chat. Is it a role book? player's guide to heists? Is it a book? Yes. Basically, it's a system agnostic um, book that's how to, like, the tools to design a heist for your players in an RPG. Oh, okay. So different kinds of, like, traps and security measures and all sorts of stuff like that. Plans. and I really like the fact that the book itself is drawn in a blueprint style. That's quite novel. No, it's not. That's an important question. Oh. What have I done with my junior hacksaw? You know, where is it? I don't know. I I could do with a hacksaw because I ha- I now have the um oh god, what's it called? The um hacksaw Jim Duggan. Excellent. No, the uh, the iron head. I have the iron head. Oh, you do. Oh, um, you want to adapt head. it, and it's metal because you got it from the UK. And not Holy from shit! That thing. I is... saw your post. <laughs> I sat there going. I mean, I th- I knew it was going to be metal. I knew it'd be a bit hard to do, but Jesus, I wept. I did not. Do you want to and... take the uh, the the Kador Jack? What's the face? And... 
Yeah, yeah basically, it's... basically, I want to take the bombardier bombshell and, atta- and attach the arms of the um, iron head. The problem is that sounds straightforward to us. It, it's kind of missing the shoulders. Um, so you do need to do a little bit of modification. Um, and whether that means like taking shit to pieces. Uh, None of this is helping me find my junior hacksaw. I can't work out what I've done with it. I did this last time, like a matter of days ago, and then I found it really easily when I, I stole it when I went to your house, Kurt. Oh it's with me. What's an iron head then? Pardon? What's an iron head? It's where the men of war came from. What? It, it, oh, oh, that merc thing. Yes, the no, that's fine. The steelhead iron head, which is the worst name ever. <laughs> steelhead. Ironhead. Steel Ironhead. That is Iron genuinely its name as well. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I was trying to have a look on your Twitter, but I got distracted by the Akira thing that was genuinely quite funny. Uh, you, won't, you won't see the picture on my Twitter uh, because that doesn't do pictures anymore um, for reasons that are best left to the imagination. What? Uh, don't ask. Because Facebook doesn't cross-post anymore, it's awkward. Uh, there you go, Ben. The, the picture's in the, uh, the Facebook chat. Ah, yeah. That, that rings a bell. Just look at the size of the thing. Cut the chat I read, too. It's ridiculous. I need to get the shoulders off that. What I might end up doing is just file it's it. Junior, junior hacksaw, isn't it? It's a junior hacksaw. I might actually just see if I can find a like a plastic K-Door Man of War from somewhere and just take the shoulders off that because I don't care enough. Hmm. Somebody's already got the Oblivion book. Oh, really? Well, someone posted a picture of it on their desk, apparently. Yeah, Hungerford. Well, he's allowed to Hungerford? Pardon? He's allowed it didn't look like Hungerford. Uh, Hungerford certainly posted the book. Mm. He's a bit excited. Do you mean the should, rule book uh, or the be... Oblivion book? The Oblivion book? book? Yeah. Is there a difference, is there? Mm. Pardon? Is there a difference, is there? Yes. Oh, God, yes. So the a ob- digest thingy. Yeah, yes. the, ob- the Oblivion box set contains uh, the Hengehold Doodah, that bloke. Hengehold Doodah, henceforth to be called the Hengehold Doodah. Yes, exactly. Uh, the Oblivion book, uh, the Oblivion campaign sheet, the deck of cards. Don't know what those are, yeah, but yep. Uh, well, the deck of cards are meant to be used in further campaigns. They so offer, I know that, but I don't know where they are. They often twist yeah. some yeah. things. Uh, oh, and twist. then you have the Rules Digest, which is the, fir- <clears throat> the first time the War Machine and Horde's rulebooks have been in the same book. Except for the big glossy versions. Except for all of them. Um, it's just <laughs> that they're, they're no longer in the appendices. They're in the main rulebook now. Goddamn. Mm. Uh, and it is... Well, it's Mark III Remix, which I was surprised... Be- well, I was initially surprised, Benji, that you didn't know what I meant when I said Remix. But then I realised you weren't around for any of Mark One, so it made no sense. Uh, I know I it... I know it go and get it. I could go and get the Mark One Remix if you really want. I knew it existed, no. I just didn't know any of the rules because I never bought the book. So, so, so what happened with... This is episode content, really, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. Uh, it is, it is, it is we, yeah, can we just yes. save it okay. for that and then... And then Let's, um, let's get. <coughs> let's get started. <laughs> get your coffin out now, lads. I'm <laughs> gonna go get bad? my day nurse. Is it, is it that bad to get a coffin? No, 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 no. It's day nurse. It's different. It keeps you awake. Uh, oh, oh, oh! You really need that bench because you know, you you have trouble staying awake, don't you? Well, now, days at time. Wait, anyway. What? <laughs> so, I hate that film. <laughs> why? I love that film. I, I don't understand why I don't like it. 
the, the first half of that film was like, uh, okay, so far, so... Um, I kind of like everything about it except the actual film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that in the second half it becomes this ridiculous action flick. Mm. Because they're going, what the fuck is going on? I really enjoy it, but it is, I can see why you'd hate it. I just start, I start it. I can't get more than ten minutes in, but I'm going. What? Why not? The 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 beginning is brilliant. Like <laughs> uh, okay. I, watch, I, no, I like. I have a desire to watch Brazil again in, in a large format. Well, in a large form. Well, in a lot full length edit kind of affair. <laughs> it just makes it sound like you want to get really obese and watch it. Um, hey. the, I've got I've got oh. a US version of it with three or four different edits. Oh. Let's see if there's a version of that on Google Play yet. Oh. What? And our answer? No. no. It's on Amazon to buy, but yeah. everything is. It How much is it on Amazon? It's not expensive. Mm. Oh, well, I don't want to give them any more money after they trash my box anyway. Boss. They trashed your box. Well... <sighs> Yeah, I, mm, I've had lots of things <laughs> shipped recently. Um, Trashed his box from Germany with his thing. And stuff. Oh, here's the thing. If you've got Prime, you can just watch Brazil. Oh, it's on Prime. I've got Prime. <laughs> I've got that thing I subscribed to. <laughs> you should really know. Oh, we're still there, aren't we? To. Yeah, I've got Prime. What? You should know what you're subscribing to. Come on. Uh, if we go off air, I can explain, but I'm not doing it on it. Oh, okay. Oh, well. I, 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 I'm watching it on Prime right now. Oh, I can't watch it in the bedroom. I, I, I need to get to bed. I can't take it. I want to watch it tomorrow. Why Why can't you watch it in the bedroom? Is that just like a no-go area? Because I've only got Prime in the living room. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll go off air. Thank you for the people who've listened. Um, was there anyone listening? Bye, Byron. They've removed that from Google Hangouts. What? Can't tell anymore. So. You can only tell when they tell us.